Previously on the Cool Boys podcast. Fuck my ass. Well, yeah, so we all, we all watch Justice League except for Nolan because he hates Superman. All right, I guess my first question is, okay. is, is it a Snyder film without giving spoils? No. Visually, uh, not but, to- so, but, but some of it. Yeah. Visually, but tonally, it is not. Tonally, it is it is very Joss Whedon. Visually, it looks Zack Snyder. Even just with like they said, fifteen to twenty percent reshoots. I don't want to say anything, but seriously, here's the thing: Zack Snyder, <laughs> whether you like him or don't like him, he's a gutsy director. Yeah. This film is not gutsy. Correct. Accurate. Yeah. Very well done. It is very weird to see him doing something so by the books, and uh, that's probably Whedon's reshoots. Okay. Uh, second question. How bad is the CGI? Because it looks horrible in the trailer. It's bad. Horrible. It's bad. Really bad. That sucks. Not you that takes me right you out haven't the seen the worst I, thing in the trailer. Yeah. Uh, that's and true. we probably aren't going to be able to talk about it with you without like giving some spoilers away. Oh, come on. That's not a spoiler. That's not a the spoiler. Mustache? Yeah, it's uh, yeah. Henry Cavill's face is horrible. Yes. I would imagine it would be yeah, bad because they just bad. shot the reshoot like a month ago. How Noli, did they do it? They reshot 99% of Superman. But yeah, you could tell. He, he did not. He did not look good. Less than two minutes is real Henry Cavill's face. Seriously, no bullshit. Less. I counted it. Less than two minutes is Henry Cavill's face. And how distracting is that? That's got to be distracting. It's incredibly distracting. It's horrible. God, that's awful. But then again, so there are, the, the the rumors is that the people who did that are still working. So like they're still getting to change it for the Blu-ray. Good. Oh. And they better release the Zack Snyder version of this too. Me, oh God, yeah. I'd hope so. One eternity later. We're just sitting around doing nothing. Fucking release the Snyder Cut, am I right? This will be the last time ever that we talk about the Snyder Cut. No! Zack Snyder Cut of Justice League exists. It does not. No! But why does anyone care about the Snyder Cut still? You son of a bitch. I understand the desire for the fan base to see whatever Zack Snyder would have done, but it's an impossibility. No, God! The Snyder Cut, it doesn't exist. No, God, please, no! No! There is no deal in place for Snyder and HBO Max. You will give the people an ideal to strive towards. I don't want no Snyder Cut. They will race behind you. They will stumble. They will fall. You're talking about the the release the Snyder cut type weirdos? Yes, yes. In time, they will join you in the sun. They're weirdos? In time, you will help them accomplish wonders. Weirdos? The people that think that a Snyder cut exists are just woefully ignorant to how movie productions work. The Snyder cut, you don't, if you, if I'm not being flippant or jokey here, like you don't, if you're a fan of, you don't want to see this. Mm-hmm. It's not ever going to be either. a movie and it's thing. never going to yeah. be finished. Are the two of you go fuck yourselves. I'm out of here. I mean, I'm still waiting for the Snyder Cut to be released. Yeah? No, I'm kidding. It doesn't exist. I reckon you should show it. Give me what I want. I'm not going to give you a damn thing. My father believed <gasps> that if the world found out who I really was, <gasps> they'd reject me. <gasps> he was convinced that the world wasn't ready. I've been asking for it for years. What do you think? Give me what I want. We're doing it. Get ready. It's confirmed. I'm so fucking in here. It's incredible. Uh, Live from Cool Boys Central. Look at the boss down there. I'm boss up here. Hold your dicks and rub your tits. You'll be ice cold. Here come the Cool Boys. Just the young boy. <gasps> so cool. Release the fucking Snyder Cup! So cool. 
Greetings, Coolboy Nation, and welcome to a super installment of the Cool Boys Podcast. I'm. I will find him, <laughs> Felk. I will find him. I will reclaim what you have taken from us. Oh, good for you. I will find him. What the fuck is it with you? I will find him, Lara. And I'm. I will find him, Ballard. I will find him. I'm gonna fucking kick your fucking ass. You know, shut up for a second, all right? Ah, uh, so cool. This episode. We'll be discussing NIFA, the FU. So we will forgo our, <laughs> never what it was called. It was the DCEU and nobody ever called it anything else. I think it was so, called like DCFU for like a month. And then they were like, oh yeah, that's not good. And they called it Worlds of DC for like another week. And then they were like, yeah, all right, we don't know. Yeah. So <laughs> we will forgo our cool boy updates <gasps> and get right into Man of Steel and all the steely voters he has given us. Ow! It's time for spoilers. What's the S stand for? It's not an S. On my world, it means hope. Well, here it's an S. How about... See, I got a huge cock. Cool? Cool. So cool. Ain't it cool? I'm like, that's cool. But you're living in a fucking dream world, okay? So... Felt. The year is 2020, and it is finally time for us to do the spoiler cast for Man of Steel, a film that came out in 2013. Are you ready? Yeah. Are you? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yes. You are? Uh, yeah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Are you so ready? Yes. I haven't watched that movie since maybe like 2015 or 16. I just watched it today in 3D. Did you really? Yes, I did. I have it in, I fucking love that movie. Yeah, I have it in 3D, but I don't have any 3D TVs out. I have a 3D TV under my bed, oh. uh, but I have a 4K TV where it would go. You're so going to fuck up that TV fucking on top of it? Your your box spring is going to crack the screen on that 3D television. My bed doesn't break. I mean, it could. Oh, from oh if I did you're break thunder fucking, that bed better break. I did break a mattress fucking two fat girls. Actually, only I, one of them was fat. I broke a I broke a box spring in a bed frame just sitting down on a bed once to tie my shoe. I felt so fat. I was so miserable that day. <laughs> yeah, I, I have broken two a bed frame in the past. Fucking also. Yes, and that girl I've definitely broken beds. Fucking. Uh, all right. Well, I, before we get into Man of Steel, apparently we're doing a quick cool boy reading of past films in the franchise. Well, the franchise now, wait, is wait, Felk, I know what you're thinking, but Ballard, the DCFU, oh, excuse me, I know what you're thinking. I will find him Ballard, the DCFU, <laughs> but there's so many films in there already, and you've talked about most of them, and your Wonder Woman spoiler cast, your Justice League spoiler cast, your Batman v Superman, Dawn of Justice spoiler cast, your Shazam spoiler cast, your Joker spoiler cast, so wait, what could we possibly be discussing in past films and franchise? <gasps> and what's the answer? <laughs> the answer, Felk, is the past Superman films in this franchise. We've never, ever discussed Superman 1978. Not once have we ever talked about Christopher Reeve or George Reeves. No, never. But Felk, let's do it now, finally. So 
Let's give our cool boy ratings. Ratings, not rankings. Oh, something, not rankings. I was coming up with the ranking this whole time. Ratings are first. The ranking is at the end of the episode. So rating first. Felk, what is your cool boy rating of Superman 1978? Five out of five. Five out of five, boys. I completely agree with you. It is an incredible introduction to general audiences of superheroes and superhero world and comic books. But it created the, super, the, the the comic book movie. It created the superhero movie. It also even, like, uh, uh, started it with, like, hey, we're going to have fucking Marlon Brando and Gene Hackman top build over our superhero. Yeah. Like, yeah that's and then Jack Nicholson top build over your superhero. And what I was Exactly. I was just going to say, and that was something that led to Batman 1989 also having Jack Nicholson. It took him 11 build. years to do it, like, again. I mean, I guess I know the other Supermen were in between, but it's just, it's just weird that, like, that was the only superhero franchise, really. For, yeah, for about 10 years almost, just under 10 years, yeah. Yeah. Yep, and so uh, Superman, yeah, it's I, what I love about what Richard Donner did is that he made it epic. He he spends 45 minutes before we ever even see Superman in, a, in the Superman suit, if I'm not mistaken, when yeah. he's finally in, in the Fortress that's, of Solitude. That's my one flaw is that they recast an actor who does not look that much younger than Christopher Reeve. Um, Reeve. As a teenage Christopher Reeve. Reeve? Reeve. Reeve. Yeah, as a te- as a teenage Christopher Reeve, and it's like it's 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 weird, and it reminds me of well, <laughs> the movie that reminds me of that is is Jumper, where Hayden Christensen is like twenty eight, but they recast an actor for the like the the before scenes. It's like a third of the movie as like he's I like, do not like remember 16, Jumper at all. Is, he looks nothing like Hayden Christensen, but he's playing a sixteen year old Hayden Christensen, and it's just like. It, that point, you just use this, the same actor, and I feel the same way they could have gotten away with Chris Reeve. It is though. a little odd, yeah, that in Superman 1978 that the actor that plays young Clark is, like, 45, and then Christopher Reeve is, like, 46 in real life. Yeah. Like, that was weird, yeah. They both were really old-looking, They and and, it, and they don't really match up well, and whatever. I, I It's the 70s, you know? They're yeah. doing cocaine all the time while, like... I often skip past those scenes, honestly, when I rewatch the movie. Oh my god, I love it when he's sprinting home from school, um, Clark, when he's young, and he runs by the train, and it's Lois as a little girl, and Lois is like, hey, mommy, look at that boy, he's so super fast. Yeah. And then the mom's all like, shut up, Lois, and smacks her across the face. I guess he's and then you realize Lois. that Superman ages at a different speed than everyone else does. Like, I love those little hints of the world building. Well, doesn't he turn from that actor into Christopher Reeve? And, like, how long is he up in the up there when he, you know, he's Oh, aging? Fortress Assaulted? You have no idea. That's the thing. Yeah. It's, like, it's an undisclosed amount of time on purpose so that the plot doesn't need you to have that answer. Yeah. So I just like that it's epic and it's very serious. It takes the story seriously. It could have gone campy like Batman 66 did. Fuck me, Batman. It didn't. It didn't go campy. So Superman 2, however, doesn't take itself seriously. It's very weird. It's because, oh, they had two different directors. Richard Donner started the film, and then David Lester finished the film. And the thing is, Richard Donner wanted to continue, obviously, his tone. David Lester wanted to throw that Beatles tone into it. So he spiced up the movie with roller skates and umbrellas and Coca-Cola trucks flipping over, whatever the fuck it was in the third act. It's a little weird. That's no, that's in the Donner cut too. The the Coca Cola. The Donner cut had to use content David Lester shot because he had never finished certain parts of the film. Yeah, that's sure. Um, and yes, they they. It's just it feels like little changes that that affect the tone as a whole between the yes, two cuts. Because it's removing t- this the roller skate dude with the umbrella. Donner removes that in the Richard Donner cut of Superman two. Yeah, and he changes things like them them like the, the three of them making you know the Mount Rushmore into their faces. It's just them 
using lasers to cut down the Washington Monument. Uh, that like like less goofy things, and obviously you lose. Uh, all the stuff in Paris isn't really that goofy. It, it honestly, are, what are we rating here? Are we rating the theatrical or the? Yeah, so I think we should just do a real quick rating of both versions. So I'll just say Superman 2 theatrical release. I really am not the biggest fan of it. It's like three out of five boys. Um, There are a lot of aspects I really love and a lot of things I just kind of find a little too hokey. Superman 2, the Richard Donner cut, I'll give that a four out of five boys because I, I like where he was going with it. But it really struggles with the content that he did not shoot and having to edit it in. And then the ending being the exact same ending from Superman, just spinning the world around. That's just not compelling to end the movie the same way. Yeah. Okay. I'll give Superman to the theatrical cut. Also five out of five boys. As a kid, this was my favorite. Um, And and I I loved that that Superman actually got to punch people. He had bad people who were as powerful as him. And it was a stalemate. He wins by outthinking them and tricking them. I I thought that... uh, Terrence Stamp is awesome. I mean, yeah. watching it again uh, right before the Donner Cut came out because I was like, I need to revisit this film. So uh, while I was working at an undisclosed location at night with Cool Boys <gasps> Ballard and Nolan. What? Uh, yeah, that, that's when that thing came out, the Donner Cut. And I remember watching Superman 2 and just and just being like, this movie rocks, man. Uh, yeah, it's it's weird. The, throwing the cellophane S is stupid and. Uh, all, a lot of the comedy moments are stupid. Uh, and also, you know, I'm from Houston, so having the whole planet Houston thing is, is significant. I like that Houston exists as a city in uh, the D.C. world that has a metropolis in Gotham. I, I like knowing that that's there. Apparently Paris is there, too. And so is D.C., confusingly. And I think Niagara Falls is in it, too, in, in that film. Yeah. So where is that? Na- I mean, it gets confusing. Uh, I, I mean... It's not super confusing in the Superman movies because Metropolis is just clear. It's just New York. It's not like they just it's just called something different. It's not like you were confused as to where it is or anything like that. Yeah. I um, One of the things that was really uh, instrumental in my choices in public morality wise, I guess, when it came to like putting my life in jeopardy or not putting my life in jeopardy comes from uh, for me. Uh, from Superman 2, it's the little boy playing on the wrong side of the fence on Niagara Falls, and he's letting go of the fence and trying to catch it when he falls back, and letting go of the fence and trying to catch it when he falls back, and letting go of the fence and trying to catch it when he falls back. Of course, there's that one point where he doesn't catch it and falls to his fucking death. As a baby boy ballad watching that back, I was like, oh my god, this kid is insane, he's gonna die. And then seeing Superman save him... <laughs> well, he turns I into a going, dummy and falls into the water. <laughs> so as a kid, I like saw that moment and thought to myself... Well, I don't want to ever do that because there's no way in hell Superman would ever show up. And I knew Superman's not real. Yeah, it's fake. But it scared the hell out of me. It it gave me like PTSD around uh, rails. Like, I just don't want to like ever do that. And like and I I have this fear that like I will I will fall. You'll be compelled to climb over the other side of a rail and then intentionally almost fall. Yeah, it's just but like people you see people do that all the time. He doesn't like. Do like that's just gonna happen again next week. Like uh, Superman should have called Child Protective Services on that mother. CPS. Oh my God! Never joke about calling CPS. <laughs> Never joke about that. That's Never a joke thing about to do. that. <laughs> um, Superman two has some inc- incredible quotes. It does have Superman punching other people. It's all this horrible wire work, but it, and it's all in this weird slow motion. Yeah. But it it it, it does happen. I, I call me old fashioned. I don't need Superman to punch people for me to enjoy Superman movie. So. I, I can get away with uh, well, that'll get, films. Yeah. The last with, film in this one uh, will, will be affected by the, the the succinct lack of punching. 
anything in that movie. Uh, and, and yeah, he doesn't punch anything in Superman. It works. But um, it's it's Superman 2. I mean, there's a reason why Man of Steel basically is a remake of Superman 2 for its no, second it's and third No, it's not. Act. It's basically a remake of Superman and Superman 2 combined. Yeah, combined. Sure, yeah, yeah. But I mean, it, it only takes the origin stuff for Superman. It doesn't, it, there's no Lex Luthor of any kind. The the second and third plots, uh, second and third acts of Superman, it's just it's the first act of Superman and the second and third acts of Superman 2, basically. For the most part, yes, you're absolutely right. And that and that and that's obvious why they chose to do that. They wanted to start off a movie that was a little bit more tied together in the structure of Krypton. Zod's a good villain. Zod's, Zod's a good villain. Uh, I mean, he's played campy as fuck by Terrence Stamp and just weird because Michael Shannon's a fucking weird human being. Uh, I love Michael Shannon. But uh, yeah, it's, he's weird, though. Uh, OK, well, moving on to Superman. Oh, wait, no, sorry. Well, Felk, wait. So well, yeah, Super- Richard Donner cut. I'm gonna give it yeah. three stars because it, it's it, it's hard to judge it as a movie, like the 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 stuff that's uh, clearly just a rehearsal, like they they happen to film for some reason, maybe as a reference or as a safety. It's like that stuff doesn't play out right because it's all in one shot, um, and, the and then like yeah, you you really can't view it as like a finished movie. And also that was also when, as I mentioned, I was working at an undisclosed location, and what undisclosed editing software were we using at that time final cut final cut seven i believe we were already on because it was it's just been seven for like six years uh, and then it got abandoned yeah and, and i distinctly remember and i you can you can look this up like that it's this is definitely what it is the fades in this movie are just final cut seven fades they're not like most of the time when you do a dissolve, you want to tweak it a little bit. You, you can movies do that, not to the level of like Star Wars wipes and shit, but just you want to make sure that dissolve is kind of special uh, and it meshes well with the two things that are being dissolved. But it just uses Final Cut Pro like eight frame dissolves or 10 frame dissolves. And it's just like I, I remember seeing that being like, that's Final Cut. Yeah, I wonder if that's just maybe the 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 fact that they were clearly trying to like make money off this Richard Donner cut and just make means out of what little elements they had, knowing they could not go back and reshoot something that was made twenty years prior. I I think it was it was definitely kind of an online edit, uh, you know, in some ways, and that they they had to take what they could from Richard Lester. But th- to me, nothing about it really improves the movie. Like you can make a perfect edit by taking some of the replacements for some of the comedy stuff. And, and, Richard and Lester, it, you're right. Richard Lester, not David Lester. I'm sorry. Yeah, into the Richard Lester version. But you couldn't, you like, the Richard Lester version is good enough that, like, I don't think it's, like, the flawed movie or anything. You think it's five out of five boys, you just said? Yeah, I do. Well, wow. Okay, well, moving on to Superman 3, though, we yeah. had a conversation about this last week in last week's episode, uh, episode 176. Um with Dorn and Katie, uh, who joined us on the episode. Um, but Felk, we never really got into it much about what we thought. Let's maybe go a little bit faster to these next two. So what three. is your rating of Superman three? Uh, maybe two, maybe two, just because there is Superman flying and shit. But like this one to me is uh, as a kid, I was like, this is a Superman movie. There's a black guy talking comedy. <laughs> We're it's, Superman. It's, it's totally incredibly off from uh superman's one and two no question um and it is weird yeah the uh, the top bill in this one again is richard Pryor. uh he's uh spared no expense um but uh it's weird that the movie does kind of have more of an 80s plot to it more of like this weird 80s sci-fi movie that they just kind of made into a superman film it's like they just kind of put a superman skin on it i do like 
that Superman fights a drunk version of Superman. It's kind of like Superman fighting Brazaro Superman. Yeah, that's basically what it is. It looks cool. And they give Superman the gray streaks in the hair. You know, he looks a little Kingdom Come-ish, and it's, and it's fun. But it's not a good movie. Um, no. It's so bad, though. It is like the room and stuff like that, where, like, you rewatch it, and you're like, dude, they just had no idea what they were making. when They were, like, so in it when they were in it. And this is something that Dorn and Kay talk about. A movie that's so bad that it comes around, it's good. Because it's I, – I don't know if it's great – but it's definitely one of those movies like when we're watching when I we watch Superman, it's kind of just like, wow, this one just stands the fuck out. Like it to me, it kind of makes Superman four uh, look a little bit better than Superman four should ever look. I give Superman three two point five out of five boys. So I'm just a little bit above you, I guess. Okay. Um, it's I'll give it half of the of the five boys uh, for, you know, it just it just commits to this ridiculous plot and this uh, with Robert Vaughn and Richard Pryor and computers coming to live and essentially what would be a Brainiac storyline. And then I will remove half of those boys because it's just bad. <laughs> the I mean, it's weird that bad. like the Superman movies have not like pulled from the comic books much, very much at all, except for yeah. Snyder. Um, yeah, or Donner. Donner, I mean, kind of did. Well, I mean, well, all right, you, you might know. I mean, it was, was Zod a character from the comic books, or was he created for Superman 2 and then just integrated into the comic book? I'm pretty sure Zod was created uh, from the comics. Okay, because, like, Nuclear Man isn't. No, and, no, Nuclear Man isn't. And, and Richard <laughs> Pryor's character sure as fuck isn't, you know? I don't think, I don't, I don't, I don't okay, General Zod is, is from the comics, right? Feora is from the comics, but they called her Ursa in this movie. Yeah. She's not actually No, Feora. but Feora was created after Ursa. Not the other way around, I'm pretty sure. No, Feora's first. Feora's from like 1970s. I think we said this oh, really? in Batman v Superman. We made a mistake there. Yeah, Feora's from like the 70s. She's a real character. Ursa is Superman 2's version of Feora. And, and then, but Non, the big guy from Superman 2... He is somebody that was created for the Superman movie. Non is is a is a Richard Donner original, if you will. I'm looking up Anche Trao. Uh, see if she's ever done nudity. She has, but not great. Nudity. She's so hot. She's oh my so God. fucking hot. Yeah, is so hot. Uh, have you ever seen? Have you ever seen the other? Like the only other movie I know that she's she's in, no. which is uh, God, I always want to call it Dead Space. Uh, it's the uh, oh Pandorum. Pandorum, yeah. Because yes, it's basically the Dead Pandorum. Space movie. I have seen Pandorum. It's yes. pretty good, actually. And, she, so, and she's I just good looked in it up. Zod is from 1961. So, yes, Zod was before the movie. Okay. For sure. Well, that's good. That's good. Because three and four are hurt from a lack of Falk. having anything to do with the, the comic books. Feora is actually from 1977. She came out the year before Superman 1978 came out. So, she was created. And then the movie pretty much just used the version of her right away with Ursa. Sending you photos of Aunt J. Trowel. She is a lot hotter in Man of Steel than she is in um, anything else I ever saw her in. She's but, hot in Pandora, but that's the only two movies I've ever seen. Him I in. guess with Ben her Foster. Age. Ben Foster's stealing the show for me. Um, no, but she is incredible as, as Feora. She is a scene stealer in Man of Steel, but we can get into that later when we get to Man of Steel. Let's wrap up uh, Superman 3. So, yeah, I gave it 2.5 out of 5 boys. You gave it 2 out of 5 boys. Moving on to Superman 4, The Quest for Peace. I actually like it a little bit more than Superman 3. Like I said, I think Superman 3 actually sets up Superman 4 to be a better movie than it deserves to be. Um, it's stupid. It's got dumb characters like the Nuclear Man being created by like Lex Luthor and his 
nephew who's played by John Cryer, and it's 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 dumb. I don't want to spend any time talking about Superman Four: The Quest for Peace. If you want to see the movie, I recommend watching it so you can see all the Christopher Reeve films. But it's not that good. But still, I'll give it three out of five boys. Because I don't know. <laughs> what? I just love that he he wants to get rid of nukes. He wants to get rid of nukes and Lois's hair and Lois is Lois is like brought back into the movie because they kicked her out of Superman three. One of my favorite things about Superman three is that they're like in that movie. They're just like, oh, bye, Lois. I got to leave you for the movie. I'm going to go hang out with Lana Lang. And then, he, and then Superman spends the whole movie with Lana Lang. I love that. Superman three. That's great. <sighs> Lois is just written out. They just write Margot Kid- her, Kidder. Yeah, Margot Kidder. I was trying to remember their name. She was, uh, she, she had mental problems, right? She and did. Was, she broke into someone's house, I think. That was what she did. I, I think that's right. And she was like running around in bushes and stuff. Also, can we just establish Margot Kidder was not attractive in those no. movies? No, but okay, let's also establish that Kate Bosworth, who was incredibly attractive in Blue Crush, is not attractive as Lois Lane either in Superman Returns. Yeah, why can't we have a hot Lois Lane? I thought we did. I thought fucking um, Amy Fi- uh, Amy no. Fisher, Amy Adams was hot. Hey, Felk, real quick. Superman 4, The Quest for Peace. What is your cool boy rating of that? Mine, three out of five boys. Half a boy? Half a boy. You hate like, it. I mean, I'll, I'll give it one. I'll give it one. It's go- Isn't it Golden Globus? It's Golden Globus, right? It's what? Golden Globus was the production company. It was It was not done by the same production. Well, it was, technically speaking, Superman and Superman 2 were in the. Do you know movies. this or are you just saying things? Yeah, I know. I know this. It's a Golden Globus? Really? What is this? You know what Golden Globus is? No, I've never heard of this. The people who made fucking Masters of the Universe and like 50 Chuck Norris movies. I never watched Masters of the Universe. You've never seen Matt. Wait. All right. Hold on. Yeah. The Frank Langella as as, as Skeletor. I've never seen that. With Dolph Lundgren as He-Man. I've never seen that. Okay. As I search for Golden Globus. All right. Is it Golan Globus? Have I been pronouncing it wrong this time? I don't, oh, yeah. I don't know, dude. I'm excited. I can't wait. I love learning. Sorry. Golan Globus, also known as the Canon Group. Uh, oh, Canon, baby. Yeah, who, who made like the Delta Force movies, Enter the Ninja, Ninja, Ninja 3, The Nomination, Operation yes. Thunderbird, Revenge of the Ninja. View 45 more other movies they, they've made. I've uh, seen Delta Death Force. Wish, Death Wish 1, 2, 3, 4. There's a 4. Oh, I've seen Death Wishes. I've seen the Death Yeah, Wishes. Superman 4, The Quest for Peace. Weird. So this R-rated group made this PG film? Well, not all of their movies were R-rated. Am I sharing oh, screen? okay. Yeah, I see. You see them now? So yeah, yeah like this is this is, that's their that's their fucking lineup uh, of all these movies. Yeah, um, and he was Israeli and he made movies for nothing. Uh, they they did movie premieres in the parking lot of the studio. And like Chuck Norris is like, what the fuck is this? Um, you know, and their big stars were obviously Charles Bronson and Chuck Norris. Over the top is one is, was their big like trying Over to the crack top, in, yeah. Crack in the movie. You'll notice that these movies stop at like 1987. I don't know what that's doing. What happened? Did he die? No. What happened was they. Yeah, he did. Uh, he died in 2014. Well, yeah, but they 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 lost money on Cobra uh, over the top. Cobra probably made money for them. They lost so much money on over the top and Superman Four. You know, Cobra is a Beverly Hills Cop script, right? That just got denied. Yeah, I think I did know that. Yeah, so 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 the producers of Beverly Hills Cop were like, "Hey, Stallone, we want you to be Beverly Hills Cop. Will you do it?" And he's like, "Sure, I'll write a script and everything." And, and they're like, "Great, that sounds awesome." He turns in the script. They're like, "This is dark as fuck, dude. No, we wanted a comedy. Like, we can't do this." And he goes, "Okay." And he goes and makes it. And he makes Cobra instead. Yeah. <laughs>
Society is breeding a new kind of criminal. It's also breeding a new kind of cop. Meet Cobra. He does the job nobody wants. <laughs> Necessary deadly force. I used everything I had. Do you know you have an attitude problem? Yeah, but it's just a little one. You think you would recognize me if you saw him again? The tall one? Yeah. The one that wants to kill you. Do what you have to do to get a lead on this maniac. And if I find him, do what you do best. <laughs> strong arm of the law <laughs> but they made the basically the budgets uh superman one and two were comparably budget and it's kind of confusing because two was shot with one but then like three half the price and that's why like the little details like the the titles look are, are wrong they're not cool like the other two and then four is the cheapest one by far by and far. the only reason they were able to make it is because they spent a lot of money on christopher reeve and they gave him like all right, like you can make the movie about whatever, and he's like, "I'm big into nuclear being diffused." It's the best part. He he, he wanted that. He wanted that to be the plot, even that though is that part. is so contradictory to the concept of Superman. The idea that he would just say, "All right, world governments, here's what you're doing now." It's oh like, yeah, he, yeah, and I'm your nuclear deterrent. That's basically <laughs> the Frank Miller. Maybe Frank Miller was inspired, but but uh, by, the, by, by this movie, for, by this movie in which Superman just basically says he's in charge of the world now. Yeah, so um, uh, when did Watchmen come out? It came out way before, I think, Quest for Peace came out. Because uh, Quest for Peace was well, like that's Alan Moore. That's Alan Moore. I'm talking about Frank Miller for uh, Batman v Superman. When did, or, uh, the Dark Knight Returns, I mean. When did that come out? Oh, that was that was like early 80s, I think. Let's find out. Yeah, might as well find out rather than just saying things. We can always just cut out the... Oops, sorry. Uh, uh, yeah, cut out this stuff, yeah. Just so we just... It's always better if it's if it's easier information for people to. Consume. By the way, uh, if uh, a girl I have a okay, so like this now we have to keep this in because I want to uh, what I want to mention something that should be on the show. Uh, cut out some of that time, but yeah, no, a, a girl I, I follow on Twitter who I think is a very attractive woman uh, named British Fetacy was on uh, Joe Rogan, uh, who we briefly talked about and talked about many times. Joe Rogan actually yells at Jamie in like thirty minutes into that episode because Jamie's just like, yeah, but what do you want me to Google? Like he was trying to get Google like alcohol consumption and jamie's like yeah but it's down in restaurants and up in places like what do you actually want me to google here and it's like god damn it jamie so he yells at jamie i think i know what you're talking about i think i know the episode is is she like a hot brunette yeah yes okay i think i know you're talking about i think i remember that episode dude jamie has to do it he has to do it he He has has to to do it holy shit jamie pull that video up pull it up Jamie, pull up, pull up. Well, Jamie, pull up that video. Pull it up, Jamie. So he has to do it. Look that shit up, Jamie. Pull it up, sweet tea. So he has to do it. 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 Pull it up. Pull it up. Pull it up. 
Jamie, pull that video up. I love it. By the way, that audio is not me. I did not edit that. That is from the Joe Rogan. They had an anniversary uh, special edit where they cut in a bunch of like a clip show. And um, and yeah, that was from that. The Jamie thing. It's fucking hilarious. Huh. So, yeah, The Dark Knight Returns is from 1986 and Superman The Quest for Peace is from 1987. So it may have been absolutely influenced. Felk. Looks like you might be right. But my point is that that's a, that's something an evil Superman would do, and 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 it's it's very wrong. And, and I brought up the Golden Globus thing just because it, this is like a lesser Roger Corman production company was was given the reins of this movie. Well, I like Superman: The Quest for Peace because it has heart. All right, it's one of those things that like when you watch when you watch Superman three, you look at it and you're like, okay, you're making this movie because of sequelitis. But when you watch Superman four, there's heart in it, and it's because Christopher Reeve he had a plan, he wanted to do something, he had a message. And he he may had that message in that film about nukes. Got to go. Yeah, Got to go away. A, it is a lazy and incredibly cheap movie. It is. Well, moving on to more lazy filmmaking, Brian Singer's Superman Returns. I want to push this movie down uh, underwater in a pool. <laughs> oh, you do? And, and then they... run away from uh, from the production for a little while and not tell anybody that what, you're, what you're doing. You're, you're going to go see your doctor in L.A.? Yeah. 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 He's got he's got directing dementia. He has directing dementia. He's got Fox producing dementia. Well, are you talking he, about when he ran away from the set of Bohemian Rhapsody or when he ran away from the set of, of X-Men Apocalypse? Because he oh, apparently dude, did both. I'm just referencing the fact that Brian Singer has been known to run away from sets many times. Different sets, different productions. Runs away from them to go hang out in <laughs> L.A. with his doctor for a while. Yeah. You got to wonder... What's going on with him and his doctor and if they're having any pool parties? He directed Superman Returns while running away from Fox's X-Men 3. So, uh, yes. you know, they, 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 they got him and made this movie. And by the way, this movie's budget, Superman Returns' budget is $250 million. And oh, I just I don't fucking understand that. Um because Man of Steel's was like 130, maybe 150. It's like, I Felt, don't understand how. You don't how. know how much a yacht full of boys costs, okay? Yeah, I mean, I think there's rumors that they had to write off a bunch of potential Superman movies and add it to the budget. So maybe like that's. That's what it is, yeah. But then you nice. have access to all the pre-production from those movies, including like uh, concept art and stuff. I guess he probably just didn't use any of it. There's always that, there was that rumor that like he wanted uh, Jude Law to play Zod. And when Jude Law turned it turned down the role zod was written out of the movie and it's like that's not how you make a fucking movie man you fucking write a script and then it's I good and then you cast that it rumor that way i heard the rumor is that jude law was rumored to be zod for the next film no not it was that for the he turned first, down the role it was for the, the first one he turned it down is what what i what i had read by the I way mean, just take a second terrence stamp michael shannon jude law those are the three potentials for your zod holy shit is jude law an incredible catch for zod well he, he no he's an incredible catch to play specifically terrence stamp zod because like he he looks like terrence stamp he looks like he a young terrence stamp no no uh, wait has, i take that back jude law's a perfect uh a perfect casting for yon rog actually yeah yon rog there is a character you know you don't want to waste the jude law give him yon rog Yon Rog is super important in the comics. I actually even read Yon Rog comics. Like I, I have number one through Yon. I have Yon Rog number one through Yon Rog number twenty-five. I got them all. Well, he's dead in the MC. Wait, is he dead? He, uh, no, he's not. He was sent back to the Kree planet of Hala. Oh yeah, she puts him in the, in the cockpit. Like she's putting him in a crib. It's like she puts go him back in the cockpit. To your planet. 
She puts him in a cockpit and then shoots the engine with her photon blast coming off of her hand, and that sends him to Hala. She like so her power. What's the source of her power? It is. Oh, it dude, is a tesseract, I don't know. Right? No one fucking knows. She can. She can. She can heat a teapot up to to boiling temperatures right away, but also not burn a leather jacket that she puts on her that she can then fly into space with. She can fly outside all of a sudden of 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 space in the vacuum of space without having to breathe. And she can do light speed flying alongside of ships doing light speed flying. She can do so many things. Her powers are undefined, just like Superman's, you know? Yeah, but no, but yeah, no more so than Superman's because Superman, like. Oh, no, Superman. A, we don't know what he can do. No, the but longer he's well, on no, Earth, we, the we more he can has, do. No, Kryptonite. Like, that's established in, I mean, it's, it's, uh, the first movie. I guess it's not established in Man of Steel, really. But um, you you give Superman that Kryptonite because, like, that's the reason why Kryptonite is used as, like, it's part of our lexicon. It's part of, like, how we talk. It's like, that's his Kryptonite. That's her Kryptonite. Whatever. It's like, we're talking about regular people. It's like, that. that that's that's iconic. And she has no weaknesses. She's she's Dr. Manhattan. She's not Superman. And Dr. Manhattan is, of course, apathetic to human plight. He doesn't care about people. He leaves humanity, basically. That's the whole point. But if Dr. Manhattan was a woman, he'd be the greatest or she'd be the greatest thing ever. And everybody would fucking love her. And she'd have no moral falls or moral quandaries whatsoever. And that's God damn it. We're so fucking lucky Hillary Clinton didn't get elected president. We'd be Oh, dead. my God. Well, we'll see. They, the parallel universes had, had her elected. We'll see how they're faring when they come into our universe later. Well, anyways, well, so felt Superman Returns. What's your boys? Uh, that's a tough one, actually. Had you asked me walking out of it, I would have said four out of five. I, I, really? After after all this time, two and a half. <gasps> two and a half out of five boys. Uh, yeah, it didn't amend them out to anything. <laughs> I I like it a lot still. Um, it it it. I it works for me as the third film in the trilogy, quote unquote, of Superman's one, two and Superman Returns. Um, I don't mind uh, that it doesn't have punching. And I do enjoy uh, Kevin Spacey's Lex Luthor. In fact, I think his Lex Luthor, as I said before in this podcast, is now scarier having known more about Kevin Spacey. Wrong! Knowing now that we know that Kevin Spacey has a bit of a rapiness to him and brian singer has a bit of a rapiness to him allegedly it makes, not i mean it's pretty yeah allegedly still uh it, it makes you wonder about the fact that, that superman uses his superpowers to without consent spy on his ex-girlfriend and her husband that's fucking morally wrong he does it more than once <laughs> and, and he also he also had like Again, it's not clear as to whether or not she is aware that she ever even had sex with Superman and, and, and does not know how she could have had this kid. She definitely doesn't is not aware. She, she's definitely surprised when he uh, has superpowers and she realizes he's not um, Cyclops's son. She's Superman's. We know and, from Superman to Richard Donner cut or whatever, right? The kiss. It's the kiss or something, right? The kiss. It's uh, the kiss made her forget. No, the kiss is from the theatrical cut. Okay, the kiss. So yeah, it, no, then the kiss. Yeah. The yeah. Kiss. She does. So it's and and Brian claimed it was a sequel to the Donner cut, which doesn't work. Um, it doesn't really make sense because uh, the the, the forces of solitude is still there, uh, and he destroys it. Wait, no, he destroys it in the theatrical cut, not in the Donner. And, and, and it 
comes back to life, I guess, in the daughter cut when he reverses the world. Either way, if he if he has a kid with her based on fucking her that night and you're going off the daughter cut, then his super semen stayed in her when he reversed time by by putting the world yeah. going back. It's it's weird. It's weird now more so when you pin it up against the other things, the Kevin Spacey things and the, the Brian Singer things we are learning in the news more often or the things that have been alleged against them. Because like, fuck, if you fuck a girl with consent and then still give her a roofie to make her forget the event, that's not a good look. No, it's not a good look, but is it against the law? Is that bad? She's definitely consenting when she has sex with him. When, he, when she kisses him, she doesn't know that that kiss is going to obliterate wrong. her memory. The so that's morally yes. wrong. It's morally wrong. The answer is yes, it's wrong. Because you're drugging someone in some form or fashion without them knowing that you're drugging them. Yeah. So, okay, Superman Returns, I give four out of five boys. Um, I like the movie, even though it has some really disgusting morality issues and themes going on in it. So, Felk, let's get into our quick cool boy rating now of Man of Steel, the movie that we are here for. Right off the bat, we have said our cool boys many times on this show for what we have for this film. Yeah. It is not a secret. It is, for me, five out of five boys, Man of Steel. For me, it is five out of five boys, Man of Steel. This is the best Superman movie. I know that sounds weird and sacrilegious because I do love the 79 or 78 version. Uh, and two, but it's 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 the best representation of Superman uh, in cinema, really. Yeah. And the best the best casting of Superman. I'm just going to say it. Yeah, I agree. And when you look at the footage, uh, you, you see Superman. You don't see an actor pretending to be Superman. Christopher Reeve embodied Superman, but he still felt like an actor playing Superman. And that's because the visual effects at the time really limit the the use of the character so you just kind of feel like you're watching an actor on wires or an actor on a screen laying down pretending to fly it's incredible for 78 but it is hindering to how i view the character of superman not the performance of superman in that film by christopher reeve just how i see the character of superman henry cavill in christopher reeve's costume superman costume which is what they did for the audition for man of steel he looks perfect he looks incredible even henry cavill's back saying at that time he's like oh yeah i looked like shit i was super thin i wasn't even swole yet i hadn't got my big old tight muscles and looking super tits no i was looking like crap he had his immortal's body basically at that point yeah and he looked so so good though in the christopher reeves suit so in christopher reeves suit so anyways him in this as, as Superman, he is. He is like the best version of Superman, I think. I think he embodies the drama, the 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 the, uh, the emotion, the weight of having the world on your shoulders, uh, the weight of having civilization on your shoulders, the weight of having, you know, this like the thought of like your entire history of your own planet is on your shoulders. Like this is like something that you get from Henry Cavill's performance. You also get happiness. You get from this film. You get excitement. You get these moments where – He's Superman. He has to debate and he has to think about what is the right or wrong in the situation. It's not a clear answer a lot of the times. And, and that's very much a part of life. Life is not black and white as much as we love to watch Marvel films. And they're they're usually fairly black and white, good and bad. It's it's awesome when you're watching things in like BVS and Man of Steel, when you're watching Superman have to debate morality or like. Or think about, like, you know, uh, saving people the right thing to always do. His dad literally says in Man of Steel at one point to him, Kevin Costner, who plays an incredible, incredible Jonathan Kent. Yeah, those they're actually characters in this movie. They're, they're just, they're props in the other movies. They are, and they're characters in this. He doesn't, I mean, even the way 
Jonathan dies in Man of Steel is so much more powerful than the way Jonathan Kent dies in Superman when he just dies of a heart attack. It's awesome that people really do die just of heart attacks. Not many people die getting swept away in a fucking tornado. People do die mostly of heart attacks. That's probably the biggest killer out of the two of those. But it is much more fascinating and, and, and cinematic <laughs> to watch someone die from a tornado. People die in tornadoes, though. <laughs> they do. I mean, I just I'm, watched I, on, on my app. I get updates of, of like weather phenomenon and like tornadoes are killing people in the United States right now. Yeah. But like you can see Henry Cavill as Superman. And you can you can see this character, this real honest to God character, and he's learning from his dad. He says, "Should I have let these kids die in the school bus?" And his dad goes, "Probably, maybe." No, he says, "Maybe, maybe." He says, "Maybe, not probably." What was I supposed to do? Just let them die? Next time, baby. And he says, "Maybe," basically saying, "Like, no, you shouldn't have. You did the right thing, but it's going to be a complicated. It's more complicated than you think it is." Basically is what he's telling him. He's saying that, yes, you should have saved them, but know that like when you do this enough, the world's going to fucking notice and it's going to change because of it. Right. But he is answering maybe to a negative question. Should I have let them die? Maybe. Like that's yeah. a pretty hardcore thing to have a conversation with like a 10 year old or whatever he was or 11 yeah. or 12. I mean, they, they carry that into BVS with Diane Lane also, you know, saying you don't, you don't owe this world anything. Right, because uh, she's getting pissed off at the world too, because they're like, there's more and more protests in that point in the movie. Yeah, so and they're burning effigies, I think, of him at that point in the film too in BVS. Yeah, but I mean, he's he's saving people. Like we don't see that character development because he's already saving him when we see him the first time as an adult in the oil derrick. Mm -hmm. I oh by the way, I love I love that the Coast Guard is talking to the uh, like the crab fisherman or whatever, and they're like the crab fisherman's like. And the, yeah, it's like these catch. And the captain pretty much is just like, you know, hey, what what about the oil rig workers? Like, can we save them? And the Coast Guard pilot is like, nah, leave them. They're dead. You know, and like that's just one of those things. You're like, oh, man, this is a harsh reality. This is a dark world. Roger, Coast Guard. What about the men left inside? Over. Forget them. They're dead. And then Superman jumps over there and he saves them. and like. That's amazing. And <laughs> On a steel horse I ride. <laughs> I'm wanted. Wanted. <laughs> Dead or alive. I missed that show. I, it's still on. It's no way. It's still they're still it's making still more on? episodes. Yeah, I, I still watch Deadliest. What Dash. else could happen in the world of fucking crab Dude, fishing? Every year, man, new storms and deadliest catch. Wanted. <laughs> Dead or alive. But um. I, I just think that that like you know that Superman battles all these morality moments and it's just kind of better handled and 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 everything in Man of Steel pays off like plot wise the movie is moving it is so fastly paced it it goes so many more places than people think it does like I, like rewatching it I love when it goes up back to space where you go to the Kryptonian ship with Lois yeah I like and Clark. spaceships I like that he brought in the sci-fi like it's very sci-fi this is an alien invasion film this is an this is like that is at the heart of what this is. That's what the, and one of the things that Marvel really did well is like we're we're not just making comic book films. We're making you know espionage films and and techno thrillers and spy thrillers from the seventies, political thrillers, and we're doing all these different types of genres and heist films. You know, well that's kind of what Man of Steel was. It was it was an alien invasion film. Yeah, told through a character story that was Superman, a character we all know because the zeitgeist. He's embedded into it. He is pop culture phenomenon of Superman ever since Action Comics. So it, it's like it's it's incredible to me 
that like this movie works. And I know a lot of people, it doesn't work. And I'm assuming if you're listening at this point, you're probably listening to us because you think the movie works and you're not listening to a spoiler cast about a movie you hate. But a lot of people do hate Man of Steel and Nolan hated it. And I wish Nolan could be on this episode and be able to supply his negative perspective, to be honest. I mean, I've, I, you, you've seen the half of the bag on it, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming. It's like, Man I get yeah, where, I get ago, I where people are coming from who don't like who don't think it's it's good and think it's dumb and like it's like a jock directing a fucking superhero movie man it's but it's wait like, half in the bag said that they say that about it yeah it's like a dumb weightlifter take on superman and, oh. and i i, there, I yeah i kind of get like some of the stuff like all right the shot of him in front of the jesus stained glass window little over the top uh the amount of product placement in the smallville fight it's a little it's a, it's a little bit much, but hey, you got to do that for your movie, man. You got to do that for the budget. You need Sears. You need IHOP. You need those people to pay for the movie. You yeah. need Seven Eleven. Yeah. So I, I like it does. That's like I can see the perspective that thinks that this is just a dumb uh, explosion movie. That's it. Michael. Like people who like will criticize this movie will also say like, oh, it's like the Michael Bay take on on Superman. It's like, yeah, but. Michael Bay would do a fucking awesome job of making a Superman movie. Like it, it, would, it wouldn't you be would. that different than this. My, like Michael saying it's the Michael Bay version of something is not an insult to me. It's not to Nolan either, but that, you know, he hates the Transformers movies and I see value in two and three. I think he likes the first one a lot though, to be honest. I think Nolan really loves the first Transformers film and that's a really good film. And I don't mean like the, 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 the cartoon from the eighties. I mean like uh, the 2007 film. Um, Man of Steel, I think for me, I was rocking this movie from the get-go. I love it. I watched it in the theaters. I remember I saw it with my wife. She was pregnant with my daughter. And um, I I watched that Kryptonian, that 20-minute Krypton prologue, and I was fucking floored, dude. Yeah. Like, that is a movie onto itself. It is a Game of Thrones-level quality television show to itself. It yeah, is so well, he obviously layered. Likes, he likes heavy metal. I, I think that was a pretty clear... I mean, obviously, Sucker Punch kind of made that very clear. But he yeah. likes he likes the fucking... You know, that the the magazine and the movie. And, uh, yeah, like, does that... That's It's very heavy metal with the fucking flying dragon. And that, the oh, flying Haraka? dragon doesn't quite make... A, what? Haraka. Yeah, the flying dragon creature doesn't make a whole lot of sense because it's like the whole point later in that movie establishes that Superman can fly because his body can manipulate gravity around him because the, the gravity on Krypton was so harsh that that's how you like people were able to evolve and creatures were able to evolve. But why would there be a fucking winged dragon then? You know, it's like that, that doesn't work with he the had physics. four wings. That's why he's able to fly. Oh, he yeah. Four wings, two more than he needed. But if he can manipulate gravity, wouldn't like, why would he want wings? Well, that doesn't really make sense. Uh, no, he could only manipulate gravity on on Earth because the yellow sun of our is young and youthful and is more nourishing of an environment and atmosphere because of that. Yeah, well, they yeah, can't but, manipulate gravity on Krypton. That sun is heavier, uh, well, forces the gravity to be stronger on their planet. Therefore, no, no, they, no, 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 no. They no, had to I, like I don't combat that. I don't agree with this because then why would your body even have organs that have anything to do with gravity? You're, the, the reason why they he, may not. No, they no, may no, not. The, no, he does. He does. The reason why he can manipulate gravity is because of the line right before it that the that Earth's Earth's uh, gravity is like not, not anywhere near as strong as Krypton's. Krypton because is the a harsher sun. environment. They no. say that's because of the sun. Well, no, because the the sun's the sun doesn't affect uh, the Earth's gravity. The, the the mass of the planet does. 
Krypton is a much more dense planet, thus it has really strong gravity. And the only way life on that planet was able to survive that gravity is that it, it, it evolved something to deal with that. Just like we have skin to deal with sun's radiation, they have internal organs that allow them to survive that harsh gravity. So the whole quote, right, is, Earth's sun is younger and brighter than Krypton's was. Your cells have drunk in its radiation, strengthening your muscles, your skin, your senses. Earth's gravity is weaker, yet its atmosphere is more nourishing. You've grown stronger here than I ever could have imagined. The only way to know how strong is to keep testing your limits. Yeah, so my point is that the organs that allow them to just not die from that harsh gravity on Krypton allow Superman to actually fly, and it's specific that he is manipulating gravity around him because the rocks oh, for lift sure. up. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, that's uh, my point. Zod and uh, Cal both, like, yeah, literally the rocks and the debris around them lift when they take off. And that's important like that. to me because that's always been, like, the issue with Superman. He just has all these powers, and there's nothing interesting about the way he has them. Superman could always just fly. You didn't you didn't get, like, anything more than that. He can fly. He can whatever. He can shoot laser beams out of his eyes. He can fucking fly. He can do whatever. He has super strength. And but, we're like, talking about the movies if, only right yeah, now because comics, he can do so much more. And yeah, it, he's had so many fucking powers and whatever but my point right. is, is that like if you look at them from a comic book perspective and from a movie perspective the x-men like lots of x-men can fly but they all have their own reasons for being able to fly gene gray can fly because she's a telekinesis magneto can fly because he can manipulate metal and, and lift him up if he's angel got metal can fly on him. He has wings. angel can fly because he has fucking just has fucking wings storm can yep. fly because she can control wind to have her lift herself up yep and, and weirdly rogue can fly because she uh, absorbed Captain Marvel's powers at one point. Well, that's uh, the comics. That's the comics right? in the, in, and in the, the animated movie, series. She doesn't fly. And the, yeah, no, they obviously dropped that out for the movies, but it's also in the animated series that she can fly for that reason. My, my point is, is that the X-Men makes it interesting how people can fly and all super uh, that, that stands to the entire Marvel universe where, you know, Iron Man has thrusters and so on and so on. And everybody and has their Thor's own unique, using me and ear, right? He's everyone has their own, own unique, like reason why they can fly. And it affects like how they're depicted as flying. Superman can hover. He can take off in a fucking like a Harrier jet, like straight up in the sky, like a rocket or whatever. He can go at super fast speeds. How fast can he fly? In Man of Steel, he flies from New York area all the way to somewhere in China and then back in like an hour. So yeah, the Indian Ocean to essentially the east coast of uh, of the United States. So yeah, like to me, just giving him like those godlike powers. I, I mean, at that point, why not just let him teleport and shit? Like. Uh, that always made it less interesting. And uh, Man of Steel takes on a little bit of the animated series Superman where they depowered the fuck out of Superman. He was still he was and he was just like the most powerful in a world of powerful people and, and he could fly. But, he you know, he, he wouldn't be able to like just fly out, fly to the fucking moon like he does in Superman four. Um, he would need a spaceship to get there and everything. So bringing in spaceships was a big part of it. The idea that he couldn't just fly out into space. He, he needed the Earth's atmosphere, limiting it, grounding it. It, it made a Superman that was way, way more digestible. Um, Zach had a chart of like, all right, a regular bullet feels like an airsoft gun to him. But uh, a full like 
whatever that the the ship shoots at Fiora, like that would be like being kicked back by a linebacker. He had like a clear chart yeah. on like what would what would affect him to to what degree. And my own like another only you real see flaw, that by the way you see that in the movie play out. You see moments when he gets hit by bullets. You get see moments when he gets hit hits by fifty caliber rifles. You see moments when he gets hit by Kryptonian weapons, and they all have different yeah. impacts on him. And they affect him differently. Yeah, you get you get an idea of like that now he's for the first time facing something that's going to hurt him. I wish there was blood. I wish there is pull- blood. There is blood. When? Superman gets cut when, when he goes through the Kryptonian ship in the very beginning, when he meets Lois in the Kryptonian ship, he gets attacked by the Kryptonian robot. That's like the century robot in the ship. It cuts his arm. He oh, really? Bleeds. Okay. He actually does bleed. I, I, I mean, in the fight with with uh, with Zod and Zod's henchmen, I think like just a little blood dripping from just a little blood dripping from the the, the corner of the mouth or something like that, just to make it clear, because like them punching him is just like any human punching another human. Like you should be a little drop. When he gets hit by the Kryptonian ship's gun, though the the that laser blast, it doesn't obviously mark his suit or it doesn't give him any blood or even like a carbon burn of any sort on him. Right? He's fine. But he does get fucked up by that. Like that is there is a moment where that's shown that like that hurt him. And which, like it which takes part? Him out where, of the when fight. does this happen? This is uh, when he's fighting in Smallville. He gets shot. He gets shot multiple times in Smallville. He gets shot by the military and he gets shot by the Kryptonians. And each different like you, you're saying when the helicopter shoots him, it's like he gets hit by fucking like a, a fucking round from a helicopter. Yeah. But it just impacts his head like he's getting shot with a bullet, and his head kicks back for a second. And then and then he gets hit by. Um, uh, uh, the A-10s, uh, Thunderbolts, by, the, uh, by their Gatling rounds as well. And he's kind of dodging at the same time, so it kind of fucks up his flight. So that's what kind of hits him into the building. He doesn't actually get, like, you know, ticked into the building by the gun. It's his, it's his escaping from the bullet and getting hit by the bullet. But when he gets hit by the Kryptonian ship in that same Smallville fight, it, fuck it fucks him up and launches him. He should, he should have received maybe a little bit of damage from that, and that would have been cool to see. Yeah. But then, of course, we wouldn't. I have so much mystery when Batman asks him, do you bleed? Do you bleed? He should, that would have been great if Superman was like, yeah, I did actually when a Kryptonian sentry robot like cut my arm. It was crazy. And what's interesting about that too is that's on purpose. When they, like I was saying earlier, there are many moments in this film that early on are set up just for later. Like the way Jor-El and Zod interact with each other, how they were friends, pays off later and how their friendship dissolves to the point that like Zod's like, I'm going to kill your son and fucking like, you know, bury all the corpse of this planet on top of him and shit like that. Like all these things are hit on. Well, one of the things that's hit on is Kryptonian tech hurts Superman early in the movie. When he gets hurt by that sentry robot, it establishes that his own tech, his own planet's tech can actually hurt him. What is their fight over? Cause like they both know that the, they both accept that the world is ending so what? What were Zorel, Zod, uh, and Jorel fighting over? Zod wanted to essentially still establish like what the bloodlines were going to be and pick the purest bloodlines to yeah. be able to survive. And Jorel was like, "No, dude, we just don't have time. We just need to start fucking like praying to God and sending like messages out into the stars, sending babies into the stars." Yeah. Okay. Are you seriously suggesting that we evacuate the entire planet? No. Everybody here is already dead. Give me control of the Codex. I will ensure the survival of our race. There is still hope. I have held that hope in my hand. This council 
has been disbanded. On whose authority? Mine. Because he's like shooting down that the ship, and it's like, what's the point? Like, why, why is he so opposed to that? Doesn't he also know that the world is doomed? Zod didn't want uh, the the codec that had now been put into Kal El, right? Well, codex Kal-El, with an X, codec. I think. Yeah, what? codex with an X, and it, it's codex. That's weird. That's a weird MacGuffin because it's like it's like an ape skull. Uh, it's an ancient Kryptonian skull. Yeah, but it's got so it has the DNA of all Kryptonians in it. Well, and he just it's puts like that an ancient Superman. like that's the thing. Also, I love about Krypton is that it clearly has its own alien tech, and it's very specifically like like uh, like a, a bio in a way, and like tentacly in a way. But it, at the same time, it's very very like futuristic. It's so cool, yeah. and, and and they clearly hold on to that like kind of that traditional stuff. That's why that skull is like the most important thing, and then just dissolves right. The codex gets dissolved and puts into Kal El. Zod is shooting down the ship just to get the codex back. Like, that's all he wants. He wants that codex because he uses the codex to find out who's the purest, you know, bloodlines. Okay. And then he takes that information to continue the species. I mean, it doesn't really matter because the conflict is that he wants to just have Earth turned into Krypton's atmosphere uh, and kill all the humans. And that's what Superman's trying to prevent. That's a much more tangible conflict between the two of them. And uh, although that is a little confusing because it's like Zod's whole reason is like, well, yeah, I don't want the, I don't want to be a God here and have the ability to super strength and fly and shit. I'd rather make the atmosphere and planet horrible. Like Krypton was just so people won't have to endure the 15 minutes or so of pain that it took him to adapt uh, and use those powers. I guess it's tough for babies because they make it established that Superman like suffered a lot as a child and could barely breathe. So yes. maybe that was pretty horrible. But he seems fine as a kid. Uh, he does seem fine when we see him as a kid eventually. But yeah, I think felt the, the, the idea was that um, Superman like was 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 only a small aspect that was in the way of them being able to not only convert you know the planet terraform the planet into an atmosphere that was something that you know Kryptonians could enjoy. Um, the the idea was also to like allow all the baby Kryptonians that they had on that scout ship, they could bring them back to life immediately too and start repopulating the planet immediately with brand new like Kryptonians. Yeah, it's fine. It's not it's not a it's not a, a big problem. I actually I, I, I kind of like the Zod's attempt at trying to like rebuild Krypton and then when it fails, he even says it's something like, you know, he's like he's like, I was made pretty much just to be like, you know, protector of Krypton and you've taken away all of Krypton now for me and there's nothing left for me now. So fuck you and fuck this planet. I'm fucking killing everyone and destroying everything. And you got to All you have to do now is kill me to stop me. And I, and that's, that's a great fight. It's a great boss fight. Yeah. That's a, it, that's, I think that's a cool conflict. I think it's a cool conflict and I don't have a problem with the fact that Superman snaps his fucking neck. Superman beat doomsday to death with his bare hands. Superman kills things. It's not a fucking yeah. problem. It's less fucked up than depowering Zod and then breaking his hand and then letting him fall into an abyss. Yeah, into an icy abyss. And Lois just fucking pushes uh, Fiora or Ursa into that abyss, like just cold-blooded murder. They're not a threat anymore. You just put them in a jail cell. No, they killed them. They killed them. They trick them, and then they kill them. Yeah, so it's like people made too, way too big a deal out of the next, next snap. And also just that gif of Zack Snyder snapping that snapping. I that, love like, that gif production assistance. Uh, I love it. Fucking ha- like he's so happy. He is. He's so happy in the body language on uh, Michael Shannon and Henry Cavill is a little bit like, Whoa. okay, 
what? I love that moment. I think it's a powerful moment, and I really liked it. I think people thought it was very controversial. I didn't think it was controversial when it happened. I was like, oh, yeah, it makes sense. He's about to kill those people. However, people are like, well, but why, he, he almost killed them anyways. All he had to do was look right or left. I don't know if that's how the lasers worked. I think it was more like it was such a power. It was coming straight forward, and you can't really look left or right. It's kind of just a direction coming directly out of your eye sockets. It's not your eyeballs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like Cyclops without the fucking visor. Yeah, but people talk about it, though, as pupils. Like, if you move your eyes, you move the lasers. I think maybe if you honed it, but keep in mind, Zod just figured out the laser power, like, maybe 12 minutes earlier. Yeah, exactly. Because Superman cauterizes Lois's uh, wound with it, so obviously he can control... Gives him a little blast. He also shows that it hurt him when he burns that ice tunnel to get to the Krypton ship. Yeah, he's like, he uh, shakes it off. Yeah. He's like, oh, that burned. Like, that took a long time to use the lasers and it hurt. Zod learns 12 minutes before he dies how to use lasers. Yeah, no, like, he doesn't have that control. He doesn't have that control. And then on top of that, I'm rewatching it today. I wonder if there was an original version where some members of that family actually were killed by Zod. It's possible. Never. Superman, when he kills Zod, and immediately the, the John Williams score comes in. Dun, 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 dun. And then Lois runs down the stairs, and he screams, and he cries, and Lois hugs him and everything. But when you watch that scene with different eyes, with, 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 with the eyes first time I see it, I'm like, oh, yeah, he's crying because he's... He just killed the last Kryptonian, and it was a big deal. He had to murder someone, and that's fucked up for anyone to have to deal with. But when rewatching it tonight, I was like, oh my god. What if Zod does kill accidentally a couple of those people? Because there's a moment where when Superman snaps his neck, the lasers coming out of Zod's eyes go quickly left, then all the way right, and then they well, stop. And then Superman looks forward where the people were supposed to be, and screams, and then when he's done screaming, he's not looking down at Zod. He's looking directly in front of himself at what, what the people were. Now, well, they it's could be possible fine. because all right, how many people is that? It's like five it's or six four. people. It's, four, it's people, four people, and it looks like it's like a family of two, and then another dude and a girl that yeah. randomly got like like pushed into that corner. But in the next movie, it's pretty clearly established that like that was the fight itself was like nine eleven times ten, so yeah. a lot of people had died. So, I mean, it's kind of weird that he's like, oh, those four people are the, nah, now it's time to kill you. It's like, you probably should have killed them. Like when you gingerly f flew through that fucking uh, 18 wheeler that just uh, collides into the building behind it and probably has people in it. No, it's no, like, the 18 wheeler that collides in the building. It was a, it was a parking structure. Okay. Well, yeah, still, it's, it's just like, he didn't, he didn't really worry about what was behind him. He throws Zod into a gas station full of people and it explodes. So that's that's in Smallville. So that is weird. So what happens is they they go through like the whatever it is, the the, the convenience store part, right? The market part of the gas station first. Yeah. They just tear through that, right? And it just kills probably a bunch of people in there. And then they hit immediately a gas tank outside. And then there's a car filling up currently. And that explodes. How many times do people leave their cars usually while filling up gas? I would say maybe what? 50 percent of the time. But usually, where do they go? Into the store. So it's likely the, the the driver of that car died along with all the children in the backseat. Yeah, the collateral damage is one of the more controversial parts of Man of Steel is how much fucking damage gets done to Metropolis. Uh, oh, I, I actually have that number. Okay, so I just looked this up. So the Watson Technical Consulting actually did numbers for Man of Steel to determine the amount of deaths, 
the amount of missing and the amount of damage that was done uh, financially. 129,000 known killed, 250,000 plus missing, yeah. all right? And with the further uh, uh, damage, it was $700 billion in damage, a cost that was way over 9-11's $55 billion. And just so we know, this was an impact on the economy of $123 billion in the D.C. world. Yeah, but at least they're – I mean they're, they are – because like all it took was fucking you know one plane flying into the fucking tower and it collapsed – on this thing called 9-11. Um, and a lot of people thought like, oh, a plane hit the World Trade Center. No, like there's like that, that, you know, hour or so where no one really thought the fucking towers were going to collapse. But that's all it took that just that extra weight. So like when you see the, sh- you know, the shots that's also done from a different angle in BVS where like the ships just kind of fly and, uh, and crashing and it's clipping buildings and those buildings collapse. It seems gratuitous in some ways, but I rewatched Avengers shortly after uh, Man of Steel and like the enough time for that backlash of like, it's too much destruction, too many buildings. It's the first movie and like a thousand buildings collapse and, and people die. Um, if you watch like Avengers with the, the mindset, like there's a part towards the end when they defeat like all the fucking Chitari and the whatever those worm ships are called. Um, the like Leviathans. Leviathan comes comes down and it lands on a building gingerly as fuck. And that building just stands there. Yeah, it's compl- a brick building. That's why. It's a strong brick building. And it's that like, thing just falls and breaks its back on it. Fucking collapsed. Like the, no, the amount no of damage. Way. Those things are mostly air felk. That's why they're flying. Like buildings would have been collapsing like fucking crazy in Avengers. And they just they just cheated it and made the made the buildings like resilient as fuck and, and, and have Captain America on the streets being like, all right, everybody get into the fucking basements. It's like, see, they cared about collateral damage. And it's like, yeah, but they also just cheated. They just cheated the amount of collateral damage. And then, of course, the backlash to Man of Steel this little movie called Avengers Age of Ultron in which the entire fucking third act is like, all we have to do is blow up this one small chunk of some third world fucking Soviet bloc country. But the conflict is that there's pe- there's people on it, even though we evacuated it once and spent almost all the, all the fucking climax trying to save people from falling out of their cars off the fucking edge. We, we, we still have to make this big deal that like, all right, we cannot blow this thing up. It's like, all right, well, I guess we have to blow it up with us on it because that's noble. Oh, Nick Fury, he's got a hell carrier problem solved. And we can get those 40 people that we weren't willing to let die to save the entire planet. And like, that's the conflict. I'm like, this is all a fucking reaction to Man of Steel having that much collateral damage. And it just fucking, it pissed me off. That's that's my big problem with Age of Ultron is that it's, it's, it feels like a pussy fucking little snipe back at Man of Steel for having the balls to like have 9-11 times 100 uh, and like well the avengers would find another way they'd pull a helicarrier out of their ass just to save 40 people but that's the difference right marvel's making movies and dc was trying to make films yeah i know they were making cinema and, and man of steel is cinema but bvs is cinema well because the nolan films are are cinema and they they, they saw like the oh, dark knight trilogy we'll is do cinema. cinema we'll do cinema but and what's funny is that um DC didn't start off as cinema, as we par- as we talked about earlier. No, they made Steel. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, the first the first four Superman films are not cinema. No, I mean maybe Superman one, 1978, is the closest thing to a film, but even it is even colloquially known as Superman the movie, and it's yeah. not Superman the movie. It's called Superman, but people call it Superman the movie. So it's like one of those things that all those films. 
they're seen as movies. Batman 1989 is a movie. Batman Forever is a movie. Batman Returns is a movie. Batman and Robin is a movie. These are all movies. DC, with Christopher Nolan, started making films, and they continued that trait into Man of Steel and into BVS, and they thought they were continuing that trait into Suicide Squad and Justice League and Wonder Woman, and only Wonder Woman continued on making a film. The yeah. others got cut down and there are other versions of a David Ayer film out there. And there's another version of a Zack Snyder film out there, but continuing back to man of steel just for a moment before we move on. Snyder was clearly trying to make a film as well and continued the trend that Christopher Nolan started with the trilogies of the dark Knight trilogy. And he had moments where he had like different hair in this movie. Characters have different hair. Like that's not something that people have usually in movies. You don't have different hair in, in, in a movie because usually a movie is kind of like let's just keep it cheap and keep characters simple and silhouettes and are easy to, to distinguish and acknowledge who that is so you don't have to be you know super smart to pay attention to the film you can just see this movie through shadows and be able to understand what's going on what but hair? like but different hair is important different hair is epic different hair is storytelling different hair means different times who has different hair what are you talking about everyone has different hair so zod starts the movie with a caesar cut but no goatee but later in the film after he spent years tra tracking the universe for any signs of kryptonian life he develops a goatee makes also zod a little bit more evil in this end but it establishes that time has passed for this character feora her hair is up and it's so hot and sexy and short but it's up in the beginning of the film which shows that she's, you know, kind of she's moving forward and she's, you know, she's she's moving on up and everything's looking good for her and she's super sexy and powerful. But then later in the film, after years have gone by and she's released from the Phantom Zone, her hair's down. She's rocking bangs. Why? Because times are harder for her. She's got to figure shit I've out. I never noticed. She doesn't have much changed. time left. She's got to figure out her plot line and get it done. Superman has long hair and then has slick back hair. He's got a beard. A lot of people talk about how Superman never has beards and no shit of a beard or never had, never had facial hair when they were talking about Justice League. Yeah, uh, Superman has a fucking beard in Man of Steel. He also has a five o'clock shadow. He also cleans it up super nice. In fact, one of the times you see him first cleaned up super nice, when he first shaves all of it off, he's in the cemetery talking to Lois about how he killed his dad or left his dad to die. He looks exactly like our ex cool boy Nolan. When I see those moments, I'm like, that looks like fucking Nolan. That looks exactly like Nolan. Like the way he wears the hat, like his, his, his chin, his cheekbones are so shiny. He looks, he's glowing. He looks exactly like Nolan to me. Yes. And I love that Lois like is able to deduce Soup's ID. Yes. I mean, that's how she goes to Jonathan Kent's grave, like and meets Kal-El, Clark Kent, Superman. It's because she's like so fast and so smart. And it's it's something that secret identities aren't something that really makes sense. It's even something that Marvel's acknowledged and not having like Iron Man have a secret identity. Even like Peter Parker doesn't even have a secret identity anymore. Yeah. So it's nice that they are acknowledging the real world situation that like you couldn't be someone that would be perfectly hidden with a secret identity. Someone would figure you out. In fact, even Zod announces to the whole world, Cal-El. He says Superman's name directly out there, Cal-El. To Cal-El. I say this, surrender within 24 hours, or watch this world suffer the consequences. consequences. Yeah, I like that they weren't, they weren't going to do super uh, secret identity, it kind of seemed like, and then they just kind of crammed it in at the end, which is unfortunate because then BVS has to like 
act as though that works. It doesn't work. And it, it never really made sense that people wouldn't figure out that it's the same person. Um, but uh, Man of Steel also gets like extra points for just really skirting that issue and just being like, yeah, and he's Clark Kent at the very end in a very Christopher Nolan-y montage. He becomes that version of Clark Kent, right? Like the, the, the secret identity of Clark Kent is created by the end of the movie. That's pretty cool. Um, talking about Marvel and DC, um, Zod's suit is CG. It looks incredible. Yeah, His entire do. suit is CG, and it is better looking than Iron Man's suit in like Civil War. The way the head doesn't float on Zod's suit, I mean, it's very few times you can tell Zod's suit is CG. It doesn't clip much. I mean, no. if you really look, I never it doesn't knew. Look I, like it's clipping. I, I, I never knew it was CG. I mean, it was it it, it tricked me. Whereas it's I'm, entirely CG. Yeah. The whole suit is CG. All Michael Shannon is wearing is wearing that mocap underwear. And he did not like wearing that mocap underwear, if my understanding is correct. And they CGI'd that suit around him. And what he's wearing under that C CGI suit is of awesome value. It's the black suit. It's Zod's evil costume from fucking, you know, the comics. It's Zod evil costume from Superman 2 and Superman the movie. It's it's the black suit. It's referencing the black suit Superman wears. We even see the black suit in Man of Steel in um, Cal's dream or Cal's head when he's talking to Zod. That when they when they mind meld that that moment that like we see Superman in a black suit. It's awesome. The movie delivers all these little nice little kind of uh, Easter eggs, these little moments. But I was blown away that uh, Michael Shannon is in a CGI suit all always. Every time I see this movie, I'm always blown away. He's in a CGI suit. It blows me away. They're all in CGI suits. None of the Kryptonian uh, astronaut suits are real. That's all CGI. Even um, Namek. Uh, the, the the guy that's essentially non in this movie he looks like Vin <laughs> Diesel like a CGI Vin Diesel he doesn't say he, anything he that's he doesn't say anything he, he he's just he's like Vin Diesel from fucking you know Iron Giant like it's weird but he's this big Ooh. CGI character and he looks great now they keep him mostly out of focus in the background that's why when he's uh, not wearing the helmet but it's it's fantastic oh and then I do want to say I guess in Captain Marvel. Spoiler cast? No, I guess it was the Avengers Endgame spoiler cast. I said that it's stupid to use Captain Marvel as a bullet because, you know, that's not what they should do and Superman's not a bullet. Well, Superman is used like a bullet, then Felk said, uh, and the, at, at attacking the Kryptonian ship at the end of Man of Steel. And I was like, no, that's different. He, like, flies into the ship and then he uses his lasers to destroy the ship. Well, there's a moment in Man of Steel, which I was wrong, where Superman is faster than a speeding bullet, right? And he launches through the world engine, destroying it like he's just a bullet. No, yeah, that's true. The thing is, he does that once, really, in the movie. And then the other moment is when he kind of flies into the Kryptonian ship to stop it and uses laser eyes inside the ship to destroy it. He does it once in that film. Superman does it once. It's an impactful moment where he flies through something as a bullet. In BVS, he does it to save Lois. He kills the terrorist by flying through the terrorist, right? Yeah, he would have killed that guy. Captain Marvel, sure, I'm wrong in the sense that Superman is a bullet and Captain Marvel acts as a bullet. But Captain Marvel in Endgame, Captain Marvel in the movie Captain Marvel, 
she's flying through shit like crazy. Like, it's not just like one impactful plot moment where she has to do this moment where she flies through something to destroy it to, to save people. She's taking out ships after ship after ship and Kree ship in space, just destroying them in Captain Marvel. She's flying in and out of Thanos' ship every which way. Like, she's a fucking needle with a yarn behind it, and she's just, you know, threading her way through that shit. It's ridiculous. Like, like it is ridiculous. Like, the, 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 I don't... If Superman's used that way too, I don't know. I don't like it when characters are used as just bullets like that. Like it makes more sense when they're kind of when it's focused. When the purpose of it is focused to a a specific moment, it's earned. That I fear, cause I'm just a girl. (laughs) The little old me, they won't let me drive late at night. Yeah, that's right. See, feminism, Ballard. Feminism. (laughs) Feminism is very important, Felk. I'm a feminist. No, no. So, Felk, I wanted to ask you a quick question. Three planets or three three different... Nah, fuck that. This is stupid. Don't <laughs> do that. Felk, I wanted to get on to our final tidbits. Who is your fuck me from this movie? Oh, Feora. I'm not going to fuck Ooh. Henry Cavill. I don't, I don't, I don't, I'm not going gay for him yet. What? I mean, I would, he, but if I still have the option of fucking a girl I want to fuck, I'm going to fuck the girl. There's a lot of movies where there's not attractive women in them, and then Amy Adams is in that movie, and I'm like, hey, Amy Adams is looking pretty nice in this movie. And then there's movies where Amy Adams is you know, paired against Jennifer Lawrence. You're kind of like, sorry, Amy. Yeah. Jennifer's destroying you in these scenes. But anyways, <laughs> n- never mind that. Amy Adams is great, but she's not the greatest in this film. Diane Lane is so yeah. fucking hot she as Martha trend, Kent. too, because like, that was... That- that was before. I can't think of another example. Marissa of, of Tomei, milfi- yeah, milfifying. Uh, oh, because like, she, you know, uh, what's her name? Something Kent, obviously. Uh, oh, Martha Kent. How the fuck could I forget her name? Martha. You're letting him kill Martha. Martha Kent uh, is depicted as a fucking like grandmotherly old woman in Superman Returns, and in obviously the the original Superman. Uh, and, and all of a sudden, you know, they cast Diane Lane for the age that she is in the flashbacks, uh, and then just put kind of like a little bit of old age makeup and some white hair in her hair to, to make her, you know, she's always years hot. older, uh, but she's still fucking hot. Um, and obviously she looks so hot, hotter in the flashbacks, but and then doing like, cause like Aunt May was always like, you wouldn't fuck Aunt May from, from the Raimi films. God damn. No, I th- th- she, she's disgusting old woman, but I actually just, I actually just rewatched, uh, just f- for fun, uh, far from home. And uh, yeah, I looked up Marissa Tomei nude and the wrestler uh, while I was watching that movie. Like she fucking, well, she's hot in the wrestler though. What? She's hot in the wrestler. She's though. hot and far not from hot home. As Aunt May. She's hot. Oh fuck off. She's definitely hot in, in, in no every way. one of those movies. She's hot as Aunt May in Civil War, but then they make her too ugly in like the Spider-Man films. No, in Far From Home, they make her look good. I agree. They do kind of it in Homecoming. They kind of make her look a little homeless, ho- homely, <laughs> or homeless. Homely. When she's wearing the uh, has the glasses at the diner, she's like I larb you or whatever. Uh, she doesn't look that great there, but she looks fucking good in in Far From Home. Uh, when when she's like fucking happy or whatever 
Somebody wrote us a while back. I'm, I'm sorry I'm not remembering your name, whoever this was. Probably the And they wanted night. to know what you thought of Spider-Man Far From Home, and you had, like, not seen it yet. They're like, have you revisited it? And I was like, I had revisited it, but they didn't give a shit about me, I'm sure. They actually, they're asking you, I think, the question. So now that you've revisited Far From Home, what do you think of it? I mean, I, I was pretty complimentary to it. I, I went on a, a rant about the, the drone use and the fact that maybe Tony's, like, we should be okay with him. Um, but uh, other than He's that— He's dead I mean, now. I, I liked it. I think I think it's a, a fun movie. Um, I still have problems with uh, the way they like. If you look at like Zendaya on red carpets, she had like this fucking uh, like bodice piece that just like for is like it's like vacuum packed over her tits. She looks so fucking hot, but she looks so meh in those movies. They just put her in yeah, pants. That's on purpose. That's on purpose. I'm telling you, the reason they're doing that, Phil. I've said this before. I think it said I said this in our Far From Home uh, spoiler cast. If I did not, I, I definitely said it in our Homecoming spoiler cast. That moment is set up for when she rings the doorbell, That's her. and Peter comes to the door to take you know <laughs> MJ on their first date. Face it, Tiger, you just hit the jackpot. And she's rocking the most amazing outfit, the best fucking hair. She's looking top notch, top shelf, tip top. No, I think, you they're, know. I think they're trying to make her look good and they just fail. No, I don't think so. I think they're purposefully trying to make her look beautiful without making her look gorgeous. So that way, when she has that moment, she is drop dead gorgeous. Well, why does, why does Peter want her so much in far from home? If she's not like, cause of her, to be cause of who she is. Because of who she is. Not well, he's got looks. jungle fever. We know he likes black chicks because he's only tr tried to date black chicks throughout these movies. You're right. Oh, my God. That's right. Yeah. Well, well, we'll see. Why are we out here tonight, Flipper? All right. You got to promise me that you're not going to tell anyone. I lift the seal. Come on. What happened? All right. But you got to swear. I mean, this is like swearing a stack of Bibles, swearing like a zillion rosary beat. I, I swear on my great-grandmother, okay? We swear. We swear what? I, I cheated on Drew. I'm saying somebody. You too, Tyra? Who are you saying? Oh. Man, I thought you were going to drop a bomb. I... And what is he, like blonde, blue-eyed surfer type? Hey, dude. Right? <laughs> She's white. White! Man, you... Yeah, well, he's black. If your father ever found out, I don't know. She's Italian. H-bomb. Vincent Hurst. Nuclear megaton bomb. Hey, look, this is the 90s. There's nothing wrong with it, you know? Both of you's got jungle fever. The both of you. Who's got jungle fever? You've got jungle fever. I've got jungle fever. Felk. Yeah. Speaking of music that we can't use, Rumor has it. The Dell's then now. Zack Snyder had at the end of his Man of Steel live commentary a special five-minute Q&A. And guess what, Felk? I was on Vero, and I was there. Were you really? <laughs> I was ready. I was waiting. I literally even asked Zack Snyder. I, now, this is an exclusive, everyone, okay? 
So I'm on there. And I even asked Zack Snyder. I say, where is the Justice League Snyder cut? You guys all have a, you all have a, uh, some questions, yeah? Where's the Justice League Snyder cut, Zacky? <laughs> Zacky. There it is. Zacky. Gimme, 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 gimme. Yeah, when will I release it? Where's the Justice League Snyder cut? <laughs> Look, you know, the truth is, oh. like I told you, I have it. So gimme, it's just gimme, a question gimme, of like, gimme, gimme. I reckon you should show it. What's that? Oh. I, reckon, I reckon you should show it. I reckon you should show it. Wait, you think I should just show it? I reckon you should yeah, show I it. Think I mean, you I reckon well, you yeah, I mean, No disagreement here. I reckon you should show it. I think that... I mean, I don't have, like... I can't show the movie right now, you know, because it's still a little bit to do, but, I mean, there is... There is this. I have I have this. I don't know if this is helpful. See that? Oh, oh my God. Oh, 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 my God. Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! Yeah, you're what you put your hot tongue in my ass. So there's, so that's coming. That's a little thing there, you know. It's a little thing. Yeah. We're doing it. So, uh, oh, yeah. woo! Get ready. Are you showing me your dick right now? I reckon you should show it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you guys for tuning. Snyder cut. That's it. Coming to us in 2021. I know it's We're way too long. The fucking Justice League Snyder cut. We're it's it's. Uh, I was hoping it would it would be like it would actually just be there when we fucking it, on the 27th or whenever HBO Max launches. May 27th. Yeah, I thought it was gonna be like there, but like now we realize like now the cat's out of the bag that like he yeah the CG isn't finished and he probably needs some reshoots and stuff. Uh, and, but we always knew that. We always knew that. I mean, so first of all, Cool Boys. We've been saying forever since Justice League spoiler cast. I've literally been saying on that Justice League spoiler cast and many episodes after that, I have said there's uh, there's definitely a Snyder cut. Now, when we say Snyder cut, we weren't saying there is a version of this film that exists completed, finalized, all effects are done, everything's there, all ADR is completed. We weren't saying that this movie is done, right? We were we were always saying that that like you know. There was obviously an assemble edit that was done that Zack Snyder left with, that he walked away from the studio, from the project. Yeah. He walked away with some kind of edit. There was probably animatic slugs, um, you know, probably uh, uh, storyboarded shots just left in there for moments that they hadn't even shot yet. And I think nobody intelligent was ever saying no. that the movie was clearly done and ready to go. No, yeah, and it's not like – like there's been – there's not a whole lot of examples of things like this. The Donner cut is one. I guess the other is the Alien 3 assembly cut, which eventually got finished on Blu-ray, and they got yes. back Tyrion Lannister, whose real name I don't... Or no, uh, Tywin Lannister, whose real name I can't remember. To Charles Dance. Ter uh, yeah, Charles Dance. To uh, redo his audio. Like, like that yep. was actually like a finishing thing, although Fincher wasn't really involved in it. Right. Um, like the DVD, the quadrilogy, Alien Quadrilogy DVD set, you can go and watch the Assemble edit with all of the original production audio yeah, which, which sounds to, like shit it sounds like shit of course because it was never meant to be heard uh they were always playing on adring it but the fact that they actually went back and adr'd it like that was like this there's only two times i can think of where something like this has been done where we've resurrected an alternate cut of a movie and it's pretty cool 
Yeah, well, I think there's been other times where it's happened in in uh, in smaller ways or in ways that have been so multiple that it's it's diluted it. So, for instance, what I mean is in smaller ways, uh, things like um, you know, uh, Blade Runner, and then ways that it's diluted it, like Star Wars, right? Like people have done that. Like they've gone back and tried to fix things and make it the better version of the film. Yeah, but Star Wars is just effects. They, they don't like they don't like change the plot of the movie Star Wars in any of the versions that that George subsequently. Uh, it kind of does. Han shoots first. That's the biggest thing. I mean, it's, it, that's a detail still. I mean, it's like I'm talking Jabba about like, the Hutt. I'm talking about having a different villain and having like a different plot entirely. That's this is the, this is probably the most radically different movie we'll ever see. We won't know until we see it, of course. But it, I'm. I mean, it it better not it better not be just the the fucking movie that the Joss Whedon version with like a one extra scene no. of Affleck. So so the, so Zack Snyder's flat out said he's never seen the Joss Whedon Warner Brothers release. I mean, we keep people call it Joss Whedon cut. We really shouldn't call it that. Joss Whedon was unfortunately the you know the person that had to curate Warner, Warner Brothers movie in the end, and he just had to essentially make a movie for them. Even though they they still burn Zack Snyder by putting Zack Snyder's name all over the fucking movie when they released it. Yeah. Zack Snyder said he has not seen any of the movie, but his best assumption is that they only use somewhere between fifteen to twenty percent of his cut. So like he, there's like that's that's roughly eighty to eighty five percent of this film Warner Brothers reshot. Yeah. So I don't think it's going to be a simple like oh they only adjusted it. I think it's going to be a massively different film. I think it's going to be a totally different film. Yeah, there'll be there'll be lines that are that are that are used that were used out of context, but like it's not going to be. We hope it's it's a it's a different story with a different villain. And a different well, the Age of Heroes is supposed to be longer, even like that whole flashback Wonder Woman talks about about the the original attack Steppenwolf did. That's supposed to be Dark Side attacking Earth, and that uh, whole that whole sequence is supposed to be way longer with a lot more like plot development with characters established. I mean, you barely even realize Robin Wright Penn is in that scene, or that Connie Nielsen's in that scene when you watch it. But their characters in that scene, they're 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 there, and even um. Uh, David Thewlis is uh, Ares is in that scene. He's he's face replaced on top of the actor that was originally there. But huh. I mean, th- I mean, these p- these people were in those scenes for for these these points. Zeus apparently had a bigger role. That actor is a stuntman and like a, some kind of uh, weightlifter. And he had bigger moments that were not used along with Artemis. Uh, she's only shown like firing her arrows like twice. So, I mean, there's definitely more to that movie um, than what Joss Whedon and Warner Brothers uh, had released. Um, and, and I am excited to see what that could be. I think I think I, I've said this before. It will fix it. It will absolutely fix it. There'll be no more problems. It'll be no the movie can't be bad. It's impossible. It's an absolute impossibility. The movie it, will be amazing. It'll be good. It'll fix everything. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's it will certainly be more dramatic than the BVS versions because that was, it'll feel totally right. That'll be for sure. Yeah, it'll feel to- well. Maybe because remember that fucking trailer with the Arthur Curry. I hear you talk to fish. It thumped and bumped but before the white stripes fucking playing. That was when Zach was still in charge. So I think yeah. If it, as long as the sky in the third act is blue, then that was when Zach was still in control because that's when his color palette was in, was there. They uh, Warner Brothers changed the color palette of the third act to red. Um, that that there is some there that, that that was supposed to be a little bit more comical because even Zach did say Justice League that, that the film was supposed to get a little bit brighter because the third act in general is a little bit brighter. Your second act is very dark, and that was why BVS was supposed to be so dark. Um, 
So there was intention for the film to be a little bit a little bit brighter of a film. But like there's moments in in, in the Warner Brothers release where uh Bruce, like, you know, camping and riding a horse through fucking Iceland is like a matter of two shots in, in the released film. But even the trailer that was released, it's like seven or eight shots to get Bruce off the campsite all the way onto the horse and to, you know, Aquaman's like town in Iceland. That's like five or six shots. It's like, it's so clearly Zach had a different intention in the way he wanted the film to be paced. Um, I think the idea though, that this film, you know, that people think that it was like, yeah, let's go back a little bit like that. It was, it was a finished film. It wasn't. It was not a finished film. This is something that, like that, that uh, a narrative that anti Snyder cutters have said. You know that they're using to kind of belittle people like you and I who had hope. We and and, and there is a toxic movement of of Snyder cut people fans, where they were incredibly like you know rude and disgusting and and trolly and flame warry to you know people online that were naysayers of the Snyder cut. I think that was um, over. But, that was overdone. It's just like the insult. But that wasn't stuff. us. That's never been you or I don't. I, I don't think. All. I don't think it was. It was probably more than like fifty people, like these toxic Zack Snyder fans. Right. Like, exactly. I, and, and I think the most part, when you see like the supercuts that people put together today in excitement of of this movie coming out, it, it, there are people who like wrote handwritten letters to Walter Hamada and people that made phone calls to Walter Hamada's like assistant to like you know send him, you know, voice messages and whatnot uh, about releasing the Snyder cut. There there were petitions. You know, out there, people did take proper, you know, steps to make this, you know, try to make this movie happen to have this movement occur in, in a positive way. And they are barely responsible for what why this is happening. So just to go back a little bit, Zack Snyder today uh, was quoted on The Hollywood Reporter as saying something along the lines of actually, I can have the quote. Let me just might as well just read it. Uh, so The Hollywood Reporter is quoted as saying that. um the movement they're talking about the uh, release the Snyder Cut movement, the hashtag. That hashtag uh, had called, agitated, and petitioned, even bought a Times Square billboard and charted a plane to fly a banner over Comic Con for Snyder's version to be released. And on the film's second anniversary, that hashtag had its biggest day ever. That's when Gal Gadot was like trending, like hashtag release the Snyder Cut. That's when Ben Affleck was doing it and everyone was getting excited. Uh, that was November of 2019. So Warner Brothers caught note of that. And even Zack Snyder says, um, Hashtag release the Snyder cut is the most tweeted hashtag about a movie that Warner Brothers has ever made, but it's a movie they have never released. It's a weird stat, but it's cool. So Warner Brothers is getting all of this 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 traction here about a movie that they don't quote unquote have that people say that never exists, that, that will never exist. That is a pipe dream. It's a mythical uh, a creature. You can never see this the Snyder cut. People are, are making fun of people like us, like people who are hopeful. And uh, they're just mocking us. They're using it as punchlines. And it's kind of fucked up and everything. And now, boom, they're eating crow. Because this fucking gets dropped today, right? That Snyder Cut is coming out. And it feels good to me from a perspective of, like, I'm happy to actually see Zack Snyder's film. I think it sucks that his film did not get released the way he wanted it. It sucks that he had a terrible family tragedy that changed the way his his life was going to function over the next few you know, months, years, his lifetime. Um, and, and that Warner Brothers did this really fucked up thing. They were going to be, uh, there was going to be an acquisition by AT&T and this has all happened now, but by now this has all happened. But at the time, Warner Brothers was still owned by, you know, Time Warner and they were going to lose, the executives were going to lose all these bonuses. Uh, once AT&T, uh, you know, acquisitioned the uh, company 
And so they were like, fuck, if we wait any longer to release this movie, then we don't get our bonuses from Justice League. So we need to make sure this movie still comes out in 2017. And, and so they pushed it no matter what to come out in November 2017 to make its to make its actual release date rather than giving Zach time to finish the film and to deal with the tragedy within his family. And it's all fucking because of money. So it's total bullshit. Excuse me. And it sucks that like this is like the way that cinema is, but that's the way fucking cinema is. So an old house production house like the old house the way they were doing things the Warner brother people it was fucked up and they didn't want this movie to be released and they kept this movie down for years and years and years saying that it was never going to be released so when people who were in the know like andy signore and said things like all my sources say this movie's not going to get made he was right there those people that were saying that they were right they are right their sources were saying that because the movie was not going to be finished and be made because Warner brothers did not want it that was the that was the uh, the way the, the 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 politics of the company were working at the time. But when AT and T took over, the, this new this whole new direct to consumer and content creator executives, hmm. they need shit because AT and T wants money. They want to keep making money, so they want Warner Brothers to do something. What they do, they create HBO Max. Oh shit! What is Disney Plus teaching everybody right away? Disney Plus is doing something great, right? They have a content creator with star wars with the mandalorian and a couple other things oh shit most of disney plus is actually archival library so people are excited if they like disney's library and disney's vault but people who just want content are not going to be excited about disney plus right now because they're not providing much content so warner brothers sees this going into hbo max and they're like okay we can't get fucked over here we can't lose content we need to make sure we have big content we need big big content well they don't they don't have like a mandalorian they don't have like their big selling thing. they don't they have nothing like that. And, and 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 Harry Potter's done for the most part, right? Even though they might bring back some movies and they might do another Fantastic Beast film, but it's not doing well, the Fantastic Beast franchise. So what 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 can we do right now in the middle of this plague? Now let's go back to November of 2019. Oh my god, hashtag release the Snyder Cut, two-year anniversary is doing really, really well. So Warner Brothers reaches out to Zack Snyder and says, We want to talk to you about, you know, what it would take to finish Justice League. And Zack Snyder's like, oh, shit, uh, I, I guess about 20 million. And Warner Bros. goes, yeah, fuck you, never mind. Apparently, this is what happens, right? And they're like, never mind, fuck that. We, that's just too much money. 20 million seems but, low to me, too. I mean, it's like... It's it does, but they're just like, that's just too much. That's just too much, apparently, right? And so they're just like, fuck that. Well, what happens between November and February? The whole world starts to go into shit with this thing called COVID-19, the novel coronavirus, and SARS-CoV-2. And so... Um, Warner Brothers reaches out to Zach and says, hey, can you show us your cut of Snyder Cut, right? Your Snyder, can you show us the Justice League Snyder Cut? And he says, sure. So he hosts them in February. So at this time, he's also doing the BVS live commentary. Now, I am not 100% certain if the BVS live commentary was immediately after the hosting of the Snyder Cut to the executives of Warner Brothers or if the BVS cut – uh, a BVS commentary was released before that. So I'm not sure where that falls in the timeline. But around that exact same time, Zach is having executives over his house to watch the Snyder Cut. They watch that film apparently and go, uh, we'll see, maybe. And at that point, this is where everyone's inside take changes. Some people are saying that Warren Brothers insiders were saying, nah, there's no way this movie's going to happen. Others are saying, well, it's still a possibility. What it turns out is that March hits... And COVID-19, SARS-CoV-2, is destroyed Hollywood. 
No one's making movies. If you're making movies, you're making movies in the CGI department. You're making animation movies. You're making movies in heavy CGI. So what's been shot that can just be cleaned up with CGI? Holy shit, the Snyder Cut exists. Meanwhile, Zack Snyder and Deborah Snyder are thinking to themselves, fuck, we just lost out on making the Snyder Cut. It's not going to happen anymore. And COVID-19 has screwed us. We can't even get it together the production to do this. But time is going by in March. People are realizing, actually, the post-production process is much easier and capable of still doing at home. So they start calling people. April comes. May comes. And Zack Snyder is on the phone with Ben Affleck, with Ray Fisher, with Jason Momoa, with Gal Gadot, with Henry Cavill. And he's getting them back. He's getting Junkie XL to come back. He, Junkie XL has already completed the score for Justice League. Huh. Even though his score was not used for uh, the Warner Brothers Joss Whedon version, Junkie XL completed his score, quote unquote. Junkie XL is being brought back in in case he needs to do any finessing to it. The visual effects team is being brought back with the original visual effects supervisors. Everyone is coming back to make this movie for $20 million now. Now because all of this is working, Warner Brothers is like, fuck yeah, we don't have to do any shooting really. And the little bit of shooting we can't do can be on green screen. Social distancing is easy as fuck. We can now release this movie. So... It is not because of the fans. The fans may have made Warner Brothers get slightly interested in the conversation. It kept the conversation going. But it is the regime change and the environment of COVID-19 and the fact that there's a pandemic going on that is the real MVP, VIP here that we are able mm. to get this fucking Snyder Cut. Thanks, coronavirus. Thank you, coronavirus. So all of our boomers dying is not in vain. Money is the main factor, the, the reason that this happened. I mean, it's just that Warner Brothers with AT&T as their new parent, they need to fucking make money. And they and this is a way to make money. And if you're going to have a streaming provider like HBO Max, you're going to need to build fucking content. And also, just so we're all clear, even the Snyder Cut that was assembled in November of 2017 that people saw from the last two years on, that people quote-unquote seen... That version is still not the version that will eventually get released in 2021 on HBO Max. They are going to change the movie again. The movie is going to be modified again in post-production. This is the nature of filmmaking. This is how productions work. Felk and I – oh, actually, Felk, you, you know more than I would. You work in production. I'm actually a retired pizza delivery driver. That's true. But productions – like, you know, the, the, the script – to screen is never the same thing. It is so rare someone writes a perfect script that turns into the perfect production, that turns into the perfect post-production, that literally ends up becoming the movie that you wrote down, you know, two years earlier on paper. It's never the case. And so no matter what state the film was in, no matter how great of the, the film was to, to the people who saw it, the Snyder Cut I'm referring to, it's still not going to be the same film that's released on 2021. It will be changed. I'm curious, though, the changes because... Is Snyder going to modify the film and and have it be less of a cliffhanger ending? Because the way it sounds from all of the rumors of the film and the, how it was how it was intended, it was intended to be a big cliffhanger uh, ending into Justice League Two. Now I assume that there's no way in, in hell we're gonna get Justice League Two Part Two, whatever Zack Snyder was calling it. I don't think that's happening. I think we're just getting this nice little – it's like a gimme. It's like, here you go, fans. It's a little gimme, like the Richard Donner cut. You're not going any further than this. You're just getting a little gimme no, here. No, wasn't there a rumor that like – or, or one of the part of the things that it might be like a series, like a four-part series instead of a movie? So the, the, there, 
the potential right now that the Hollywood Reporter was reporting um, and others were was that it could be either six episodes or a four-hour movie. It's not going to be like a series where they can continue into a season two. It's too expensive to have Ben Affleck back, Gal Gadot back, you know, Jason Momoa back, all these people, Ray Fisher back, Henry Cavill back. It, it'll be impossible for them to really get their contracts in order, I think. I think at this point, it's just simply they're going to either make it six episodes or they're going to release a four-hour movie. I want a four-hour movie. Phil, would you want a four-hour movie or six episodes? I, I would prefer movie structure. Same. I don't like the new the new world, you know, in which Loki's going to be six parts of 30 minutes long. Just make a movie. Well, the problem for me is this. The film was originally shot as a movie. And it should be then released as a film. I don't like the idea of all of a sudden trying to create six small little arcs. You know what I mean? Like, like that requires a lot of manipulation at that point. If you're trying to create six little arcs, so you have six little episodes. I don't know about that. That feels that feels like it, it would it would almost deter me. I wouldn't feel like it would feel like a Zack Snyder story because Zack Snyder stories to me always feel epic in one giant opus you know what i mean it's one giant kind of opera uh, it's, it's very operatic in that way he's a filmmaker first and foremost i don't think zach really would like his he doesn't work in a narrative episodic structure and if the original intention was to have justice league be two movies and he can do it because he says he has a four-hour movie with a cliffhanger in the middle uh make, make it two movies but don't deviate from the 90 minute to two and a half hour movie length structure. Just make him movies. He's a filmmaker. Right. Exactly. And he shoots them like film. They're, they are shot like films. When you, when you watch a Marvel film, you kind of think like, yeah, you could kind of turn this into a TV show. And, and I can kind of see WandaVision as a TV show in my head and Falcon and the Winter Soldier in my head as a, as a TV show and Loki as a TV. I can kind of see those things as TV shows in my head because Marvel kind of already feels like a TV show. Like the Avengers feels like the, a TV show, like the cinematography of it feels like a, a TV show. Zack Snyder films like a film, like he films cinema, it feels like. Yeah, I, 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 whether you like him or not, no, yeah, it feels like cinema to me. When it, he Man of, that's Man of Steel versus the Avengers, where Avengers is shot like a TV show. Man of Steel, by the way, it's not Larry Fong. Um, and, and Zach gets Larry back for, uh, BVS, um, and, and Larry Fong and Zack Snyder are such an, an amazing uh, collaboration between the two, but. The director of photography for uh, Man of Steel, a little too shaky, though. It, they they shook yeah. it a little bit much. The crash zooms are a little much, too. Uh, there's a they're a little much. But they're way ahead of their time. I mean, like, that's everything now. Everyone, Everyone's movies look like that. When you compare Man of Steel today to, like, movies today, like, a lot – it's very, it's very similar. And what Man of Steel is able to have done is it did it in 2013, and it did it before it was popular in all these other films. And, and it also did, like, CGI – like character dummy replacements better than a lot of other people have done at that point. I mean, I can think of mostly as the matrix and how bad Neo always looked. Um, Brandon Routh in uh, Superman returns looks pretty bad too. When he's CG, he does, he does. And, uh, and they, and they looks, he looks great in 2013. And once again, the CGI suits on the, on Zod and the rest of the sword of Rao, uh, all those bad Kryptonians. Um, they, they look, the suits look great. Like, and that's a lot of stuff that's established, you know, in 2013 when, you know, CGI wasn't supposed to look that great and didn't need to look that amazing yet. I do want to say that there's one thing online uh, today that I noticed uh, that's really kind of sad. Uh, that's with the dealing with the Snyder Cut being released. 
a lot of assholes online are pretending that they never said never to the Snyder Cut. Um, a lot of these people who are mocking the hopeful, you know, even fucks that, you know, like I said, that used our hope as a punchline, were deleting their tweets, going back, pretending like they never fucking said anything because, you know, they're involved in the industry. People like Peter Serretta of Slash Film, Jeremy Conrad, Umberto Gonzalez of fucking, like, Heroic Hollywood. Yep. They've literally gone back and deleted tweets where they said th things to people like, I think Umberto Gonzalez said that uh, Justice League Snyder Cut was deaded. And, like, people are like, 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 you know, like, what the fuck, dude? You're pretending like you're love, you're love now. Like, literally, Umberto Gonzalez's Heroic Hollywood, he's like, exclusive, exclusive Zack Snyder's Snyder Cut, Justice League is coming, and we have always supported it. It's like, no, you didn't. And now they're going and deleting their tweets so that you can't even go back and call them out. But people have, have been able to go back and find, like, you know, the receipts and are calling these fuckers out, which is yeah. ridiculous. And, and we it's all like, remember what you were saying uh, in, like, early March, Nancy Pelosi. Stop acting like you, you were the one that was like, ah, everybody needs to shut down. Like, no, you were telling everybody to go to Chinatown. Uh, yeah, she was. I think I think also the end of February, there was a lot of Democrats that were pushing that are now not no yeah. longer pushing those those narratives. Uh, there's also a funny thing is there are a lot of uh, people uh, on Fox News that were pushing an incredible narrative that now are a lot of trouble. People are actually like getting mad at them. I'm like, you were fucking like irresponsible in your, in your reporting. Um, but that's the thing. Like there's this irresponsible reporting, like screen junkies. It's so stupid. Like they've been bashing forever. Dan Merle, Joe star, uh, Spencer fucking Gilbert, Roth Cornette, not Roth so much, but she was a little bit a part of it. These people were like, you know, saying that, that literally saying like the Snyder cut would never exist. Like it is a pipe dream. Like fucking give, get, get over yourselves. It's impossible. It doesn't exist. No way. No how. And and they and they were like, you know, because they're not thinking about streaming. It's like obviously streaming requires content. Like they, they claim to be in, 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 in the world of building content and they hate the word content. They don't like to say the word content over there. It's like a, it's like a faux pas. Um, but anyway, so they're 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 bashing Snyder cut fans and, and loyalists or and hopefuls and, and, and making fun of us. And and then today, of course, they have to drop the news. So I watched them today and and they're like saying like, you know, they're like they're like they're like, yeah, we're, we, I think it's really cool and awesome that they're doing it. And they're doing it a mockingly. Like, as if it still doesn't exist. I mean, they released a fucking honest trailer about the Snyder Cut bashing Snyder Cut fans. And then, and it isn't even, it's not even out, right? Like, they released this fucking honest trailer. And they're, like, mocking during their entire, like, discussion of the news, this thing. And it's just kind of like, you don't have to fucking, like, you know, just, like, admit you were fucking wrong. Well, it's not like, like our text thread was full of people like, oh, my God, I can't believe you both were right. That this would actually happen someday. Right, like our text thread has people admitting shit. Like, and just to be clear, Dan Merle on his own channel has admitted that he was wrong. He flat out said he was wrong, and he even plays audio of him like saying things like, "This will never happen." He goes, ah, "I was obviously wrong." Andy Signor also is admitted he's wrong. He just flat out says, "Yeah, I fucked up, and I'm wrong." But the other one's like, "Fuck you!" Like, just fuck you, you pieces of shit. Because it's like, it's like, nope. They, I, they, they kept creating this narrative. That like it was this done film that everybody thought existed and nobody ever thought it was a done fucking movie. We just knew that Zack Snyder had a version out there that could be finished. Well, he did say, yes. he, I mean, he did actually say at one point, Zack did like, yeah, it's finished. You know, it's ready to go to, to like some random. He said, yeah, I have a cut. Yeah, I have a cut. I have a cut is what he said. Yeah. yeah. And, and he showed, you know, photos of the reels implying like, yeah, all we got to do is hook these up to an old timey projector. <sighs> Dude, Zack Snyder is also trolling people throughout this whole process, but he's responsible for getting his movie to come out eventually in 2021. So, like, he is he is part of the flaming. He is part of it, no question. He is part of adding uh, uh, to the uh, pop culture phenomenon that is the release of Snyder Cut. But he 
wasn't like lying to us, like flat out lying to us. He, he did have something. He does have a version. And I just think it's fucking bullshit that like there's people out there who just like who have some semblance of knowledge clearly because they're 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 filming productions on YouTube at least. So they have some semblance of like how productions work and for them to assume that there is not any kind of edit out there that could be polished up twenty million dollars like is stupid and then to tell us that our, our the reason what we were thinking all this time was that it was this done movie we were always saying that we were always saying it was a done film see it's a done film no no one ever thought no, it was thought a it was, done it was film. it was finishable uh, that it was doable some people insisted that like oh he shot like 15 percent of his movie there's no there's no way you can make it like from you know right. it, 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 you have to reshoot the entire thing whereas opposed to it's a 20 million dollar fix which i mean $20 million is nothing. I mean, Brian Singer spent more of that on boy problems, making them go away. So, Felk, will it be worth it to you to get this finally? After all this time, will it just be worth it to you? I mean, it'll be worth it for me to sign up to HBO Max, certainly, to see it. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, that's all I have to do is have HBO Max for the month that it comes out. Although, uh, realistically, I'll probably just cancel Disney Plus soon because I've already watched Captain Marvel. And that's the only thing it's good for, apparently. Uh, and now you're done. And yeah, and, and you know, HBO Max I think costs fifteen bucks. We'll see what. It, I mean, it's it's it really is advertising. It's like fourteen ninety nine. We've got baby. all the old episodes of Sesame Street and Friends, and we've got like the Dark Knight trilogy that you have on Blu-ray. And I'm like, why do I need you? And all the South Parks and Euphoria season two. Yeah, I have all the South Parks on Hulu. It's like there's, I already have this content. Oh, see, I don't have Hulu. Um, so for me, will the movie be good? I'm not answering that question right now. Will it be worth it? Yes, for me, it will be worth it. Why? Not because I get to tell you I told you so. I don't give a shit about I told you so's. Will it be worth it for me? Yeah, because I'm excited to see Zach's vision. And I'm excited, honestly, to edit this version of the movie finally into my fan edit of Justice League that Zack Snyder made. Like I my my fan edit of Man of Steel and BVS that I always wanted to cut into Zack Snyder's Justice League. I'm excited I can finally complete that edit because it rocks the five and a half hours I currently have it at with Man of Steel and BVS. It rocks the Black Zero event. The Battle for Metropolis is awesome. When you cut in Bruce Wayne as well, mm -hmm. I love how I recut Man of Steel into one chronological order. So it's not the flashback, you know, not a uh, nonlinear narrative storytelling. It's it's I just I love, 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 love that edit. And I cannot wait to finally jump back into it and add Zack Snyder's Justice League in 2021 to it. So, I'm uh, yes, it'll be worth it for me for that for sure. All right. Well, let's wrap this all up now, Felk, with our quick cool boy ranking of all the films in the franchise. Now, let's remember the franchise we're discussing is only the Superman films, only Superman films. So once again, Superman films are Superman, Superman 2, Superman 3, Superman 4, The Quest for Peace, Superman Returns and Man of Steel. Start with your worst and go to your best. Right. What is your ranking? Worst is four. Quest for Peace. Four. Quest for Peace is the worst. Then three. Then Returns. Then Superman. Then Superman 2. And then Man of Steel. Wow. Okay. Mine is um, the worst is Superman 3. And then Superman 4, the Quest for Peace. Okay. 
then Superman 2. Okay. And that's both versions, Richard Donner Cut oh, and no. uh, you think Returns is better than 2? Yeah. And Superman Returns is next. Right. And then Superman 1978. And then the very top is Man of Steel. Man of Steel is just everything I want out of a Superman film. It is the best parts of Superman's 1 and 2, as you said earlier, Felk. And it is it's the Zod stuff, right? And um, it's the it's the narrative from Krypton being continued from the beginning of the film to the end of the film and not taking two films to tell that story. It's Superman's one and two together. It is it is dark. It is gritty. It is it is realistic. And it has, um, you know, amazing special effects that help continue telling the story during the action sequences. Yeah, no, it's it's good. I like it. I don't care what people say. Yeah, I don't give a shit what you say, you assholes. And I can't wait for the Snyder Cut to fix everything. I'm like, wake the fuck up. It's like... (laughs) It's like... Cool Boy Nation. Tell us what you thought about Man of Steel. Yes, I'm curious. And how many boys out of five you would give it. By emailing us at the Podcast at gmail.com. New episodes of the Cool Boys Podcast come out every week, but usually on Tuesdays. Be sure to like and subscribe to the Cool Boys and review us on Apple Podcast. Please check out our other great Cool Boys Central content with Batman and Beyond on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, and YouTube. I got to I got to mm. get us on Spotify, I guess. I mean, uh, uh, now that Joe's Rogan's on there, I mean, we got to Spotify mm-hmm. up. Thank you for listening. Stay cool, cool boy nation. Ooh. Until next time, it's Bizies from Felk, man. Oh, and that's Bizies from Val L. Ooh. You are standing American boy. You have excelled in all things. I pump while I dump. Oh, yeah. So cool. Oh, yeah. So cool. Oh, yeah. So cool. Oh, yeah. (laughs) 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 This episode of the Cool Boys Podcast was brought to you by... Felk, I forgot to ask you earlier. Did you ever even listen to the Man of Steel live commentary or watch it? No. I didn't either. I woke up after it had been completed and I got all the news I needed to from Twitter. Yeah, pretty much that's all I needed to. So neither one of us watched the Man of Steel live commentary. Now, Felk, for the BVS uh, spoiler cast we did, that also just came out because of the BVS live commentary. At the time of our recording, at press time, we had uh, not seen the BVS live commentary, either one of us. But I have since watched the live commentary for BVS with Zack Snyder. Have you seen it yet? No, I have not. So I watched the whole thing. I liked it. It was really... Did you download Vero? No, no. They had it on YouTube, and um, I just downloaded it from YouTube. So I just had it from there. Mm. But um, it was interesting. One of the uh, aspects I learned was, you know, when Wonder Woman puts her, her gauntlets together and creates that big blast? Yeah. And when Doomsday creates that big blast every time he kind of evolves. Yeah. So specifically with Wonder Woman, they call that blast booshing. Which means uh, splooshing, basically. 
No, I don't think it means splooshing. It's just booshing. It's the, it's the it's the sound I think of the explosion. Boosh. Oh. Yeah. So. Uh, Do you know what splooshes? Yeah, I know. It's, wait, I think I know what splooshing is. What's splooshing? Basically squirting, because you're so wet. So what's the difference between squirting and splooshing? Uh, it's in your. It's whatever your heart tells you. Oh my god! So like, if she just like completely like soaks the floor and the carpet's well, ruined, you have to pull right, it out. I mean, like, yeah. You, if you ha- can't tell the difference, it's like in porn. A lot of times, that when they're squirting, they're, they're just pissing. Yeah, they're pissing. Um, I had a girl actually tell me the difference. Uh, she was like, very specifically, she's like, look at their vaginas. If it's coming out the big hole, then you no, know, that's them coming. If it's coming out the tiny hole above, that's them pissing. Yeah. And I'm always looking now, and I see it, and I'm like, you're just pissing all over yourself. Stop it. Yeah, it's uh, uh yeah, but but I mean, I've also been with girls who soaked my mattress. And they weren't pissing. No, uh, I know. I've also I've also had the soaked mattress and the and the creaming on the cock, but uh, um, I've never I have never made anyone piss all over my bed. That's for sure. No, because no. they have to. But Wonder Woman's booshing. Oh man, I wish I could boosh Wonder Woman. Boosh. No, no, gal's a very fuckable six foot one woman. God, she is, and you know. Zach picked Gal. Zach picked Jason Momoa for Aquaman, and they went on to make incredible big earners for Warner Brothers. Wonder Woman was a great film that did really well, and Aquaman was a was an okay film that I liked a lot that did very well. Yeah, he also cast Jesse Eisenberg. So, get some cool boys. <laughs> <laughs> So serious.